0: Morning show with Angelica, Jesse and Kevin.
1: It's the Friday Night Morning Show and we appreciate you guys for being here. Friday night. Hey. What's
0: up? Guess what we did this week to screw your intro up.
1: Nothing cuz I dive right in.
0: No, cuz we forgot to get going live. We're, yeah, we're on time. Yeah, we were live Where's at 7:30. We were so, like, "Oh, we're like, So they uh, called
1: uh, us acting goofy. What? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Oh, thank you for oh. being here every week. They fuck up my
2: intro every they, week. It's always they. I them, started and off
1: real high. My energy pronouns, was real high. Your
2: pronouns are not correct.
1: Excuse me.
2: It is not they and them. It's proper English, That's I was that's why I was taught to more than. <laughs> and once. now you're screwing it up. more.
1: Anyway, thank you guys for being here. We have a very, very, very special. <laughs> special guests. Okay. Thank you for being here on time. I know y'all are here to see who we got coming and I'm only going to tell you in a minute. So we have a very, very special guest. His name is Trooper. We met Trooper through Steve Murray, which I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys already know. And he is just an awesome guy. We are going to talk about everything from water to band-aids. Like he, he is just going to be a plethora of knowledge. I suggest you get a pen and paper Like, seriously, get something to write with because he is going to hit you with some knowledge. And we appreciate everybody who takes the time to like us on Facebook. Even if you don't stick around the whole time, we appreciate you coming and being here on time and giving us a like. Please, y'all, love, love, love
2: our show. Don't beg.
1: Say hi,
0: Trooper. I have shaved. Hang on, let's get him on board here. We got to bring him on.
2: I will uh, do my part. You did your part. You, you did, did it very there well. There
0: he is, hey.
3: Trooper. <laughs> how you doing,
2: hey
3: What's up, Troop? <laughs> you know the funny thing is, I was stitching up this bag, and I had a needle and a needle driver. A needle driver is a uh, a thing that you use to hold a needle. And I'm threading my bag, and you guys are about ready to get me. So I try to pull the needle to snap the thread, and the the needle comes out of the needle holder. It snaps back, and it flies right into my thumb, and it varies like... More than an eighth of an inch, right? So, so, here so, having- so,
1: no, no, no projects right before we're, we're we're going live now, Trooper. Okay, put put your stuff down. No,
2: well, no, he's wounded himself.
1: I so. know you're supposed to be focusing on us,
2: not. Well, a- I know, but so pressure, how, show us though. how to take care of that, Trooper. Show us how <laughs> yeah, to take give care us of that a injury
3: first aid, uh, on the spot here. It's a real life uh, situation, so you got a clean <laughs> cover, treat, reassess the wound, right? So here we got to cover the wound, stop the bleeding, and then I'll take care of it after the show. Uh, I'm just—I mean, it's just like buried into my thumb. This needle um what? with the thread stuck attached. I don't know if you can see it. Oh my god! Well,
0: this is fantastic <laughs> uh, that you that this happened because we know that you are very this good. Is
1: the most person that this should happen. You can take care can of take things. You can
0: take care of it. Yeah. Because tell me, true? Yeah, I've heard from Steve, and we've talked a little. I understand that you're actually providing first aid to to the homeless. Is that I true? Am. I-
3: I support an organization called Billy's Way Home, and she, uh, Brandy Chard, is her name. She leads the organization, and her son died uh, out there from mm. untreated wounds, basically from sepsis or or from a, a infection uh, connected injury. And so she started going out to the homeless camp. So in Phoenix, there everybody hears about the zone. It's like our Skid Row but there's there's hundreds of homeless camps in Maricopa County. So this particular place it's just on the east side of our I17 freeway between uh Cactus and Thunderbird there's a, a park called Midway Park and there's it, it, it you know ranges from like 120 to 180 homeless people are there. So every Saturday every every week Brandy's team comes out there and they do a full food service like a fully catered all the women are cooking it's like a potluck type of thing. And they feed everybody. So she's been doing this for about three years, and my buddy supports her. Or my buddy's wife uh, was her food coordinator, and, and she said, "Trooper, you should come down and see what we're doing." So I went down there, and my brain is like, "There's no sanitation controls. There's no hand washing station. How come they're not wearing gloves? There's no temperature controls on that crock pot. You like, you know." And I'm like, "I better like not say anything because I don't want to rain on the you know the humanity here." But I, I saw a bunch of injured people too. And I thought, now that I can I can do something about. Mm-hmm. So I told Brandy, I'll come back next week. I'll bring my aid bag. You know, I'll, I'll stick some band-aids on some motherfuckers. We'll be good to go. Right. Like I'm not thinking long term. And <laughs> I've done a lot of first aid videos on those orange bags I have. And they're they're fully complemented first aid kits, like the type that you should have in your home. So I just brought a first aid kit down there. That first day, I utilized over 60% of it like all of the wound care things. Huh. And then I went, Oh my God. And there were still more people that needed help. And they had serious chronic long-term untreated injuries and infections. So I went, well, this is, this is bad. Right. So I asked the same ignorant question. Cause we think you're homeless. You got free health care, You got an Obama phone. You got everything you need. Why are you sick? You know, it's not that way. They were telling me the same story. They'll go to an ER or, uh, you know, either hospital or one of those, those, like, you get hurt at workplaces that you go to, Mm. and they'll say, okay, sign in. And so the indigent person will sign in, and they'll sit in literally an empty lobby, and they will ignore them for hours. And they'll go, hey, uh, you know, I still got the arrow stuck in my eye. Uh, You know, yeah, just wait. And they know that they're just going to wait them out. Mm. And then most people they you know, they got to go to the bathroom, or a lot of them are drug addicted. So they can't really be in a clinical environment very long, and they start to go through withdrawals, which is a sad reality. So they are essentially just ignoring them long enough that they walk away. Wow. Now, these acute wounds turn into chronic wounds, turn into infected wounds. And there are several people out there who have literally had to have fingers and, and legs and things amputated because these wounds have just got out of control. So when you watch my channel, you can see a lot of that I've treated wounds that have already uh, gone necrotic, it was dead flesh, Um, lots of uh, cellulitis, lots of open, uh, what are called venous ulcers, or basically your skin just opens up like somebody poured lava on it, and they're in the open air, there's lots of bugs out there, they're landing on the wounds, and these people are literally miserable and they have nowhere else to go. And so just a pure humanity of it is how could you not do something, right? So that's, that's what kind of drove that. And of course, as I always say, I don't have any grandkids anyway. Right. So I I have nowhere to spend my time or money or my skills. You're not going to
1: start throwing shade at your daughter, uh, kind of subtly. And (laughs) I'm not even
2: going to have that. I I, I noticed that too, but I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, you
1: ain't going to do that. Trooper (laughs) you're not going to
3: throw shade. I'm a larger audience now. So,
1: you know, you is not going to throw shade. Okay. Keep going.
3: Get the fucking kids. I want some grandkids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's what I'm doing. And as I as I dove into that, so I have a lot of a lot of training, and um, not but not wound care training. So our first aid training, airway, breathing, bleeding, circulation, consciousness, exposure, you know, drag a guy 100 yards behind you to somebody smarter, and then, you know, go and get another guy, you only need to keep blood in somebody long enough for a medic or right. an ambulance or somebody to show up, right? So you go from that, which you thankfully don't see a whole lot out there. I have treated, um, I think, four or five stab wounds, Oof. but no gunshot wounds, but two pellet gun wounds. And oh, those shit. were from asshole kids that drive around and shoot up the homeless camps. Oh, that oh. is some
1: fucking little shits. I
3: need mean, their asses beat. Yeah, I mean, talking about, you know, we're going there and we're seeing this and it's very humbling for us. And then to think that there's some entitled bastard that, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to go terrorize the homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um frustrating but most of them are just exposure wounds um and even things like that they'll drop their glass crack pipe and you know it lands on a girl's cleavage and they're oh you know and then by the time they come to they get a third degree burn i mean so you you can't you can't be judgmental on the wounds that you're treating you just have to focus on the wound and then determine the course of treatment right and so From there, going from a kind of a combat trauma-focused training, you're going into a wound care-focused training. And then all of a sudden, I found myself on YouTube, which I have literally not been on since I left it. I was Tasty Garlic on YouTube several years ago. I had like (laughs) hundreds of thousands of followers. I was the first guy to do cast iron and cooking and uh, knife sharpening videos and all this other stuff. Um, And then they started pulling their censorship stuff and I went, fuck you, I'm out. And then that was it. So I haven't been on, on YouTube in years. And now... I'm learning about complex wound care. So it's helping me directly when I go to the field. And then what I do, because people have been very generous, um, there's a lady in Tuscany, Italy, and I think Steve aligned us, and I have an Amazon wish list. And I'm like, well, I'm not a 501c and I don't want people to donate to me because then the IRS will go, why did you get $500 worth of band aids and not claim it? I'm like, well, I'm helping homeless people look and they're they not going to care. They're going to just lynch me, right? Yep. Uh, So I've made the decision. I don't, I don't fucking care. I'll just, I'll pay whatever, whatever I'm going to get fucked on before I start a 501c. I'm just going to do it because I need to help these people. So the, the value proposition is we get a lot of people that they're like, oh, it's the end of the world, man, you know, and I got to buy a bunch of useless shit. So they get the the army surgical kit. They don't know how to use that. You know, they get this 500 piece first aid set and it has 499 pieces of shit and they open it up and it's like a bag of Doritos and everything <laughs> just goes everywhere and it's useless shit. So I thought I'll verbalize, I'll talk through what I'm doing when I'm treating these wounds. And when you go to my channel, I mean, it's uh, those are, that's just a fraction of what we do out there. Cause I'm, you know, it's hard to hold a camera and then deal with somebody who's got hepatitis that is bleeding and, yeah. you know, it is dark. And so, you know, I need like Leo and uh, and uh, Choi Blossom. Some other people will come out to help me and film and stuff like that. But I make it very clear I'm documenting this because the people that are watching this are learning. And this one poor guy, his leg was just so bad. Um, I said, you were literally saving lives right now because people are watching what I'm doing. They're watching how I'm treating you and you are saving lives. Mm -hmm. And I think the guy's name, I don't know if, I don't want to say his name, but um, he, uh, he, it gave him meaning because he's going through all of this pain and. It's okay. It's all right.
1: That's all right. That's
3: all right. Trooper. It's uh. Our training, like if you talk to Steve or you talk to any police officer or soldier or whatever, you just you tunnel vision. you just click in and you do your shit. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy to be stoic and and uh, you know work you know work the problem. And uh, and a lot of the kind of gallows humor is a lot of like rough and tumble, you know, oh, you know, I'm trooper kind of things that, that we do. We do that because we're really just covering up the fact that, you know, our training is like you cry on your own fucking time, motherfucker. We have a mission right now. You get your fucking shit done. And if you want to go in a corner and hug a fucking teddy bear, then, you know, you do that 10 minutes from now. But right there, we got shit to do. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easy for me to operate in chaotic environments, and I don't know why, but I'm I'm like uh, so much more calmer, <laughs> like you know, than I am like over here at my at my desk during the week, and and I'm like fuck, you know, why am I here, you know? Um, but uh, working with uh, with these people, uh, with the homeless people, they uh, I say they're our fellow Americans because they are. They are, and if we do not help each other out, we fail as a country. And though that doesn't mean that you're saving people out there because you're not saving anybody. You're just providing humanitarian services and I'm, I'm good at it. Like I'm, I'm not good at very many things, but I just I'm like, wow, you know, and a lot of it is people kind of freak out when they see blood and guts and whatever. And, you know, like, whoa, you know, and they back away and that's totally okay. Um, but the people that are helping are the people that are donating to this. Cause some of those bandages that I use, like those silver, uh, those silver gel, uh, dressing like $25 for, you know, mm-hmm. one of those. And you could put like six of them on someone wow. who's having, you know, chronic bleeds, um, you know, infected wounds and stuff. And so, uh, I talked to another admin of, of ours, Patriot Berserker. He said, Trooper, you need to talk through what you're doing. Cause we see you doing this and we don't know what you're doing. We just see a bunch of wounded people and you're just sticking band-aids on people. And we're, you know, we want to know why you're doing it. So I'll, I'll talk through it. And the first thing I'll do is I'll ask the patient, "Hey, can I film you?" And if I and if I don't, I won't film your face if you don't want me to, and I won't film your wound if you don't want me to. But this is why I'm doing this because we're teaching people stuff. People see what I'm doing, they buy me stuff, and then I use it to fix you. Is that cool? And usually they're like, "Okay," but a lot of them have warrants out for their arrest, and they're like, "Fuck, I know internet," you know. And I'm like, "Totally respect that." So you do have to, you do, ha- you do have to be cool, you know, and respect people before you do things that you do. Uh, but I, I will talk through it. So we're all worried about the power going out. Right. And, uh, and this is my plug, my technical writer uh, there, Kevin. So you should have 15 gallons of fresh, ready to drink water in your home away from cat food, cleaning supplies, pesticides, gasoline, whatever, ready to drink in your home, not your pool, not whatever, not what you think will come out of the tap, but literally 15 gallons of water in your home per person. And if you have that, you're going to outlive 90% of the people who don't. And Straight yeah, up. we
0: saw you showing that mm. earlier. You had your, your water storage right there in your office yeah. in a clean place. And just
1: to be clear, the 15 gallons can be just three of those blue, those blue big containers. And once they have flipped upside down in like the doctor's office and stuff, you just need three of those. We got yeah, three. Yeah, three
3: of those. Yeah, I, I prefer these, per uh, these things. Oh, so get- these just so five gallon things you can get at Winco. That's 12. Yeah. those. We need, to get some more.
0: That's,
2: we need 12.
0: Those we I use those for my
2: fish and- tank. <laughs> And and you, yeah. and how many do you need for each animal? Is that three as well?
3: Per person and large pet, but I mean you have one pet, so I just add five gallons. So we're gonna need fifteen. <laughs> well think about it. I, I want you to do this because people are like, How much water do I need? So I want I want you to close your eyes right now, like like work with me, sensei trooper, right? Go in your in your three-dimensional mind and and uh fast forward to tomorrow morning you're laying in bed. You have to pee. You've got a full bladder, the alarm clock hasn't gone off yet. And now what do you do? You get up and you go straight to the bathroom. So there's a contact with water yep. and then you may walk to the kitchen and now you're going to make coffee or tea. There's a contact with water. You're going to come back. You're going to brush your teeth or whatever. There's contact with water. Um, you, you know, you're going to use the bathroom at least three times a day. So there's a shower. More contacts. Um, I shower a lot. <laughs> shower, there's a significant contact with water, right? Mm-hmm. And so you already have seven contacts of water and it's not even seven o'clock in the morning yet. You use water. Now, when they when the FEMA and those other people say one gallon of water per day, they're talking about just what you're drinking under normal atmospheric conditions. If you're inside your house and you're not working hard, not like there is a tornado coming and you're you're putting plywood on your windows, you're running around, you're breaking a sweat. It's 112 degrees in Phoenix or whatever. Right. I mean, you're going to drink more water but your, you know, your toilet water, your dish water, all that other stuff. And I have an extensive series on water and I'll continue to do that because I talk about drain waste. A lot of people will turn the spigot on and then that water's flowing right down the drain before they ever put their cup or whatever under it, right? Yep. And then they pull the cup away and then they turn the spigot off, right? So there's like five seconds of drain waste right there. You've just wasted 500 milliliters of water, a half a liter of water just by doing this and then doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, 500 milliliters of water There's 20 liters and this is 20 liters, right? There's 20 liters of water in here. So that's, that's one fortieth of the contents of this. And if you have 50 contacts with water a day, that means that you've literally poured this much water down the drain every day without even thinking about it by running the water when you're brushing your teeth, running the water before you put a cup under the sink, um, you know, whatever, right? You blow your nose and you throw the tissue in the toilet paper. You haven't peed in it. You haven't pooped in it, but you flush the toilet anyway. There's another two gallons. So you got to think about that. Yeah.
1: I use a lot of water. I waste a lot of water then. <laughs> all, I waste
2: all. a lot everybody, of water. Everybody <laughs> does. Maybe may be true, but he, I'm sure he doesn't waste any.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm I, i I'm, I'm cognizant of it. And one of the things that I'm guilty of is I take long showers because I shave in the shower. I brush my teeth in the shower. I do everything in the shower. I never look in the mirror. I'm with and, you. Uh, you know, but but that's also my thing. And when I was in the army, uh, it, I was in the first the first Iraq, and so we were in this cantonment area for a long time, kind of waiting around. And they have these things called immersion heaters, and they're diesel. They drip diesel fuel into like a donut, and they stick them in a fifty-five gallon drum, and the, this this immersion heater heats the water up. And then it brings all the oil and rust and shit off the 55 gallon drum. But now you have hot water and then you shower in that. Like that's your shower. So, what we do is we built these wooden structures and we put the 55 gallon drums on top of them and then the immersion heaters inside of that. And then about once a week, you could take a full shower. Between that, you do what we would call horror yeah, bath. Yeah, we do whole baths. Yeah, I know what whole
1: bath
3: is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that, that that dirty, rusty, greasy, shitty fucking water and this constant flies uh, flying up your nose, inhaling flies, flies on your food, fucking flies everywhere. Guys were like going crazy. Like we sprayed diesel fuel on us, whatever. To try to get rid of these fucking flies. And then when the winter comes, now... You're, it's cold outside and it's blowing and your naked ass is like on the sand and, you know, in a sandy mud pit getting greasy, shitty water on you with flies landing on you and you're freezing to death and you're like, fuck this, right? And it's like the worst experience in the world. So live that for like seven or eight months. And then when you get back to the States, you're like, I'm going to take a 10 minute fucking shower. I'm going to take you a are 20 did. minute shower. You, yeah, you, 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 you appreciate, water, appreciate you. the shower. The shower right? I'm, not I, taking I, it, I'm taking yeah. a half hour. I'm I taking take the a whole
1: the day hot water shower. I'll gone. see you tomorrow, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going and I so, ain't coming out.
3: Yeah. So, you know, you do that. And, and when you make a bath, that's a, I mean, that's a hundred gallons of water, mm, right? So, mm. but just we just don't think bath, about it because the Trump of, tower,
2: we hotel room.
1: Hey, Trump so had that big was, ass tub. I got my money's worth. Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but think about, just think about this. Think about your contacts with water. You know, how many times do you contact a spigot? Just think about that and then let that guide your way. And you don't have to calculate like Weight Watchers, like calories in your head. Um, I joined Weight Watchers when I was single because I like fat women. And I figured, where can I find a bunch of fat women with low self-esteem and just start knocking them out? So I joined Weight Watchers. And it worked out very well for me. So one of the things that I learned was, that, uh, I know I'm not awesome, but that's true, though. <laughs>
1: I don't even know how to respond. Right?
2: Where do we go with that one? I
1: don't even know. Well, just just <laughs> no, keep going, man. Just around. keep going. Oh, just keep
3: man. Going. <laughs> just, a just rolled off your yeah. fucking tongue. I just... I... Continue, hey, my brother. This is a MAGA channel. Right. So,
1: Free speech is what we do absolutely. here. Absolutely. Free speech. Yes, absolutely. So go right I, ahead. You know,
3: I, I,
2: I cannot... I like. You thicker. open this
3: door, Trooper. Whatever he says is on you.
2: <laughs> I like thicker women myself.
3: Yes, fat women, cheeseburgers, and beer. Everybody that's on my channel knows. And, I, and I knew,
2: and I knew, <laughs> and I knew that if, if back when I was a single whore, that if I wanted to get laid, I just go to the bar and find a fat chick.
3: Well, I have standards. Like when when I was single, <laughs> this thing called the Friend <laughs> Finder was on. No, this is tr- true story, right? So. These guys are like, Trooper, you ought to move You gotta move downtown with us. And, you know, we're just, like, knocking out every night. And I'm like, with who? These skanks on this APP or AFP, whatever, it is, the adult friend finder thing. And, uh, and I'm like, that looks like a, like an add disease to shopping cart type of, you know, <laughs> theory. Right, yeah.
2: right, right,
3: right. Like, I can go to a bar and have a conversation with somebody and go, yep. oh, wow, well, their IQ is, like, above 50, you know, yep. and they have a pulse. And so you can be more selective if you're interacting with people. So I never well, yeah. understood that the dating like the add to shopping cart way of doing a relationship I want to I want to be you know I want
2: to process well it's heavier women are are, I'm sorry they're easier
1: Uh, I'm just saying that you sit down and have a conversation with them and and
2: just be interested them I mean the hot women you do try to do that with them when you sit down and have a conversation and be interested in with them they're like "Eh, whatever so
1: she can't be thick and hot is what you're saying
2: well, you know what I mean. The, the- Speak on it now.
0: Y'all are digging a hole, and and I've been taught. I was taught, <laughs> if you ever find yourself in a hole, quit digging.
1: <laughs> well, all I was gonna say is most men like meat on their bones. You know, they like they like to leave the dog. I think that for the there's
3: a, a shallow vapidity to this, you know, stick figure woman uh, kind of thing, right? But I also, I mean, my brain is. Just wired the way it is, and I can tell you that the the one thing that I do not find attractive is unintelligent women.
0: Big time. I just yeah. I don't I care how good looking
3: they are. I'm like pfft, I got there's but it there's no way that that can happen because it just pisses me off that I'm being subjected to communicating with an imbecile. And certainly, you know, my mother used to say, "Never mate with inferiors." You know, you don't want. <laughs>
1: oh, I'm have to write that down.
3: That is, you know, is is going to to decrease the chances of your of your offspring survival, Ain't right? that the So truth. you have kind to of back away from that. So anyway, but I, I, I would have heard I that fourteen
1: years ago. That would have helped me fourteen years ago, Trooper. You're late with that information.
2: Yeah, but do you, <laughs> <want> <laughs> you to
1: seriously? I, he is inferior. Back on track, Kevin. I inferior.
0: wanted to get back to to one thing you were saying though that you just started going out to this park because you were helping an organization. And you got to know the people and every, some people were feeding the homeless. I understand other people were giving help where they could. And you just jumped into buddy, the wound the care. Tuck,
3: fixes, bicycles. Yeah.
0: And, and you oh. jumped into the wound care because that was something that you could do,
3: right? You're, there was there was a need. Yeah.
0: You're not a doctor in real life or anything like that, but you do have training in first aid from your military service.
3: And, and from public service. Yeah.
0: This, this, kind of ties in with what we've been talking about on this show for a number of months is you You just need to get involved in your community and local involvement and do what you can do. You don't have to, you know, go out and get specialized training. You don't have to do only what your job field is. You just, you do what you can do and others do the same. And you and I were talking a little bit on the phone earlier today about that. I think that's in important point you wanted to make or something about people just don't be afraid or what?
3: Yeah. And I, I always say you're more powerful than you think you are. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, if you read the Bible, the Lord's really good at picking like really timid people that like, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not ready. Why me, Lord? Right. Those are exactly the people that get called into service. Yep. You can talk to a lot of veterans and they'll tell you the same thing. So during my era, it was like there was a lot of still the go to war, go to jail type of shit. So you get Billy Badass off the block and he got in trouble and the judges say you spend four years in their army or four years in prison. Pick one. Well, guess what? Welcome to the United States Cavalry, Billy. So you get a lot of these guys and they have their street attitude, you know, and they're they're all, you know, I'll break your jaw and all this type of shit until you put them in a, in a dynamic situation that they can't control. And then they literally fucking melt down. Mm-hmm. And then you take the farm boys that went to church their whole life that were just, yes, sir, no, ma'am, just going to learn, do what I'm told, you know, keep keep a low profile. And those are the ones that automatically click into their training because they're there and they know I'm no badass like Billy over here. But if I don't learn this shit, I'm probably going to fucking die. Mm -hmm. And so those people inculcate that training into their mind. And then when crisis happens, they just click into that mode. And eventually all soldiers do that, right? So the, the problem is it only takes like like eight weeks to train somebody how to kill people. It takes about two years to develop a soldier if they're in a good unit. And then they get to the end of their enlistment and then there's there's no debrief, there's no deprogramming, there's no untraining, there's no nothing. You're just kind of transformed at that point. So then what do you do with that? And so a lot of soldiers, they leave you know, drugs and alcohol or suicide or dr- destructive behavior or they turn into thrill seekers or they go into public service and they start helping people. And, and so that's kind of where... I went. Um, And so I spent about 15 years with the Red Cross and with the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. I was a a search and rescue and posse deputy uh, for the communications posse. And I'm the guy that would like go up on hilltops and deploy little portable repeaters to establish communications, you know, work with uh, the. I was at the Rodeo Chattisky fire. I did that with both the sheriff's office and the Red Cross. And ran around and you know did looter patrol and and handed out meals to the to the core people that were in the community that remained and, and all that stuff. And also with FEMA and the Red Cross had to uh do disaster assessments after after the evacuation order was cleared and people were coming back into their homes.
1: That's all right. <clears throat>
0: We have we have real people on this show that's trope, all right and real things happen to real people on
1: this yep. show yep it's
0: there's, all a,
3: there, there's a there's a survivor's guilt that happens if if you come back into a community and your house is still good but your neighbor's house is no longer there right and then people were like what if i would have trimmed the trees you know what if, what if what if what if what if right but but what you always see in these types of crisis situations as you see people come together and help each other you see people come together and they start mending fences they start repairing roofs they start uh, giving extra clothing and blankets to their neighbors they come together because we're americans and that is what our country is all about so kevin no, you don't need to be an expert in first aid or anything else. And you also can suffer from like, uh, I'm trying to do too many things overload, right? Especially if you listen to these Patriot shows and they're like, well, you need my my dehydrated Bitcoin and you need my basement beans and you need the pressure cooker and you need all the fucking bullshit. Now you have like 75 things that you, it requires actual training to be effective at. And then you realize that you can't brew beer and do pressure canning and have a garden And, you know, rebuild your engine, like all in the same weekend, and then you just have a bunch of shit filling up your garage, right? So pick whatever it is that you're good at, and stick with it. And then find other people that are good at those other things, and then make trades. Communicate, collaborate, learn. That's what the Trooper Channel is all about. Because Steve, uh, on Steve Murray's channel, it's you know geopolitical, geo security. Uh, I do threat assessments. I look at the whole kind of global scape of what's going on, and then I try to follow economic and political trends and try to figure out who the axis and allies are. And you know, I I kind of come up with this amorphous assessment, and I'm I'm over ninety five percent accurate, you know, when I make these assessments because it's based on an analytical model, but that has nothing to do with teaching you how to filter water or how to you know take care of your kid if they get a skid knee or you know whatever right so the trooper channel we started just to focus on that kind of content mm-hmm. and and it works really well right so what we want to do is i want you to get on and want you show me how you're training your dog how are you training scooby to sit stay lay down and follow you how are you doing that how are you setting up this Uh, you know, audio visual system so that you're able to interview me in another state. And what are the, what are the pitfalls and the challenges that you've had? And, you know, what, what is it that you guys each individually are good at? You encapsulate that into a video, and then you share it with other people, and you do it in a small community that cannot be uh, censored or muted or manipulated, right? And now we have a collective, we are America, And this is, this is exactly who we are. And the way I I look at it is it's like a, like a woven blanket, Mm -hmm. but we're all, you know, our diversity is our strength, right? This whole thing. So we have different strengths and we have different, different weaknesses and we compensate for each other. If you tear one fiber out of that blanket, the other fibers are going to hold it together you got people to mend it and keep it together. This is our country, and this is how things work. And when we start looking at this bullshit, this diversity and inclusion bullshit, what we're doing is we're trying to go, oh, I, I found there's a socioeconomic threat I can pull on. There's a, a, a racial tension I can pull on. There's a an economic thing. There's a something else threat. At and then they try to fray our country so that we're just a bunch of frazzled people that that are just even so afraid of each other. Right? Until we talk to each other face to face, until you go to your church, you go to coffee, you talk to somebody on the street, you join a community like this, and you go, you know what? All that stuff, there might actually be four. Or five toothless, overall wearing fucking rednecks brewing moonshine underneath a KKK flag somewhere in the United States. I'm sure they fucking exist, but not the eight hundred and fifty thousand fucking bots that we see, you know, just pushing this fucking shit out on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then there's like probably two people on the internet that are actually believing this shit. Right.
2: And they're watching.
3: Bingo. The rest yeah. of us. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, this isn't real. So, so we need to focus on taking care of each other. Taking care of our fellow Americans, caring about ourselves, and then showing people that we care about them. Yeah, and that's, I think that's one exactly
2: what we've lost in this country over the years is that neighborly. That fabric analogy is phenomenal. Yeah,
0: and and I I'm going to invite the viewers after the show rewind and ju- watch what Trooper just said about the fabric. We have been pushing that message in not so many words almost the entire time we've been on this channel that we need to be together. We need to work together. We need to reach out to our community and trooper. I, my, I wish I had a hat off cause I hat, I'd take it off to you. That is exactly perfect. Yeah. That analogy. Yeah.
2: Trooper, where, do, where do people find you? What is your, uh- yeah, the channel name.
3: Uh, it's a trooper channel trooper underscore channel on telegram. And I'm only on telegram because you and Steve are on rumble. I created a, a cyber cab as my handle on because I was late to the party and there's no trooper left, but.
0: And just uh, for the viewers, it trooper channel, the, the link is in the description of this video. So you can just click right on the link. It's going to take you right to troopers channel, but don't do it right now. No sticker on watch. You can do it at the end of the show.
1: <laughs> so trooper, I was listening to you talk and you said something that kind of, resonated with me when you mentioned that you find peace in the chaos, like when you're basically in the field and you're helping these people, obviously it just kind of speaks to who you are and where you've been and what you survived. I mean, with kids and I'm not trying to rub it in, but you know, I have the twins and when they're quiet is when I'm suspicious, you know,
3: oh, yeah. it's when yeah, I hear right the
1: on. thumping in the, in this, in the laughter and possibly crying or screaming or something. So I know everything's okay. So I, I, I honestly know exactly what you mean when you said that, like, yeah, the, the silence gets a little concerning.
3: My, I, my favorite thing that I've, I've done uh, is I work for a guy here in Phoenix. Uh, his name is Kevin Binkley and he's like a multiple Baird nominee chef, uh hot take cuisine, fine dine French cooking guy. And I just through happenstance, I I wanted I was doing my uh, tasty garlic thing and my my cooking channel thing. I wanted to work in a real kitchen and see what it's all about. So a friend of mine was a cook, and he said, "You know what? You should go down to Binkley's and ask him if you can stodge there. Stodge is a term that cooks use to kind of try out in a kitchen to see if they can hack it before they're hired." Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm like, cool, man. Sure. So I go down to this restaurant. Well, this is like journeyman chefs are the only people that can work in this restaurant. And I go down there and I meet Kevin and there was some confusion where Kevin thought that somebody was going to send their sous chef down there. And then here, you know, this redneck comes walking in (laughs) and he's like, yeah, man, you know, get some chef's whites and bring your knives and, you know, show up tomorrow and we'll try you out. I'm like, cool. Cool. So I'm like, what? what are chef chef's whites? Like, what is this? You know, it's a tunic that you wear, you know, chef tunic. So I go and I, I get my chef stuff and I'm like, all of it, you know, coming down, I got a little bane full of tools. And um, it took like five seconds for him to like, you don't really know shit, do you? Like, what's, <laughs> what's And uh, I go, well, you know, my buddy told me to, you know, I could come out here and work in your kitchen and get experience. So, so that started a relationship with Kevin that uh, uh, for about five or six years, every Friday, Saturday, and then all during um, his busy season, which is basically between Thanksgiving and New Year's, Mm -hmm. I would work in that kitchen just like the chefs did and it was the same thing kind of like the homeless camp like troop you know because i'm there to like bail them out because when you're at that level you have to order your own food you have to prep your own stuff and you have to man your own station there isn't like three different shifts that do that these guys are rock solid tough as nails as coordinated as you've ever seen any team and they work hard and I was just privileged to be in this kitchen and be among this brigade where they were just performing at such a high level. Mm-hmm. And and it's total chaos. And we've had experienced chefs come into that kitchen and just freak out and leave. Like, they're like <laughs> fuck, I can't handle it. And then they're done and they, and they, and they flee, right? So yeah, um, You got
2: a lot of shit going on at one time. People can't, they can't, they lose it because it's so much. There's a lot of activity. The, the brain can't comprehend all that sti- stimulation going on at the same time.
3: That's yeah. And that's, I don't know why, but I like, I like that. Like And, I, and I some people I thrive in that,
2: you know, some people thrive in that and obviously you do, you're one of the people that can take all that in and just process it. I think it's probably because you have military experiment experience and you're able to compartmentalize it. And, and you know, that, that may be,
3: that may be some of it. Um, I mean, you know, that but you have trauma nurses that work in ERs and I don't, I never want to, I always, I always get uncomfortable when people say thank you for your service, right? Because I always say thank you for paying taxes. (laughs) I made six hundred and twenty-two bucks a month as an E two, and you know that the six hundred and twenty-two bucks bought a lot of beer and Marlboros from the PX. So, thank you. But we all have, you know, we, that's the other thing is, you know, we all have innate eight value. And, and you don't, you know, not everybody can be a soldier, right? Not everybody can be a nurse. Not everybody can be a mother. Not everybody can be a teacher. Not everybody can be a, a technician. Not everybody can be an airline pilot. Not everybody can be a truck driver. And it requires all of us, that fabric, to be who we are. There and that's what I tell people. You. you are an American. You're not this. You're not that. You're an American. That's it. And the way we establish mutual respect, I had this conversation with this kid at the cigar bar last night, um, the difference between a leader and an asshole. If I'm in charge of you and you see me literally trying to put out a fire and I go, give me a bucket of water. You're going to run and get me a bucket of water because the thing I'm asking you to do is align to our common purpose and mission. If I tell you, give me a drink of water, I'm thirsty. It's like, fuck you, dude. I'm not your butler.
2: Yeah.
3: So when you have that authority, you have to use that authority in context with your mission statement. And when you're doing something and everybody's on board with that thing that you're doing, you don't have to say please and thank you. You say, this is what I need. And then somebody brings it to you or everybody gets involved. And that's the page that we need to get everybody on in our community is no more infighting, no more bullshit, all this other stuff. We need to take care of ourselves and our families and each other. And then we need to go out from there. And the one thing that makes a difference in like the Billy's way home and treating people is I'm not just bringing band-aids out of that bag. I'm telling people you matter. Mm. You're tougher than you think you are. You've been out here for three years. You're homeless with these horrible wounds, man. I bet detox would be a cakewalk for you, bro. And then I've talked people into going to detox and there's a difference between detox and rehab. And I didn't know this, but you have to go through one to get to the other. Mm -hmm. And there is, you know, last weekend we had a couple of people kind of go back to drugs and it's, it's heartbreaking because you're seeing them climb out of it and then they crash again. And, uh, you know, and one of them, I said, look, dude, I love you. Even with your baggage, the stupid fucking shit you're doing right now. I love you just the same. I care about you no matter what. And they need to hear that yep. because humanizing him. There was one lady I prayed for. She had these bad. And it was funny because uh, Christy was out there with me and this girl had these really bad pains. And she and she, I'm like, where does it hurt? So she pulls her pants down like all the way to like her pubis, and I'm like, okay, hold on. And then Krista's like, I got this. So we put some lidocaine patches on her, and I think she was just heat stroked and she had an electrolyte deficiency. Um, but I said, honey, you're going to have to go to the hospital. Like you're going to have to get hydrated, and you're going to have to figure out if there's anything internal there because I don't. That's beyond my level of care. And uh, other than that, all I can do is pray for you. You know, good luck. So about an hour and a half later before she leaves she tracks me down. And she says, "Trooper, you said you would pray for me. Will you pray for me?" I said, "Absolutely right now I will." So that's what we're pulling out of that aid bag. Reminding people that they are Americans and that they matter and that we give a shit about them and we can't get wrapped around the axle of all of this bullshit coming across the border, all of this shit posting that's just designed to incense and put us into a rage. I make it very clear, like on my channel, my admins, I tell them, look, before you post anything, did you read the fucking thing that you're about to post? Yes or no. Did you click on all the links that are in the thing that you're about to post and make sure that they actually go to something and not just bullshit? Did you validate that this isn't bullshit? And then the most important thing is, is there any actionable intelligence In this thing that you're about to post to the channel, do you need to do something? Do you need to get something? Do you need to stop doing something? Do you need to research something? Do you need to change your behavior? If it's just something to just, oh, there's more bad shit to scare you and piss you off. Don't put it on the fucking channel Mm -hmm. because it does not benefit anybody. We want to be action oriented and results focused. And if you're not doing any of those things, you're just, you're just vacillating. You're just an incandescent light bulb wasting energy. So that's, that's what the trooper channel is all about. Phenomenal. Yeah, I, absolutely.
0: Steve has said it before that you're out there doing God's work. And I I think he was, <clears throat> excuse me. I think he was understating it
1: because
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, what you're doing is so necessary and, and so important. And like you said the, the love for your fellow human beings can still exist with the, the behavior that you may not agree with. And I think yeah. that is so important that we've lost that message. We can still have a love for one another and a love for fellow human beings and disagree. Mm-hmm. Just because we disagree doesn't mean that we hate you now. Just because I don't agree with your actions does not equate to hate.
2: And that message that's, that's, has been very lost. Well, that's the that's the message the left has that pushed. is exactly what the left is pushing. If has you don't agree with us, so. then you're a hateful fucking yes. right wing.
1: Well, if you set most people down and did ask them anything about their political beliefs and asked them to list maybe the top five things they care about, you would probably see that those top five things would Probably, simi- you know, be similar across the board. Yeah. Family, security, you know, probably money, you know, shit like that. The top five, everybody would agree on. So I kind of wish we would get back to that. Like, instead of people arguing about their fucking beliefs, how about we just focus on that's what that's we actually love and, and what's important? You know, family, country, you know, security,
3: money, food. I'm gonna paint an image. I'm going to paint another image in your mind. This is a few weeks ago. I was treating a guy, a Mexican guy that had like the t- the prison I killed somebody teardrops and, yeah. you know, some tattoo stuff. And right next to him is a white guy, Peckerwood. And oh, you told us this. The I know this shit, story. Like a, like a swastika tattoo. And he's shirtless. Right. And he's hanging out and he's got foot injuries and he's waiting for me to get done working on the Mexican guy. And then over here, we got a black guy and he's working on his bike and Chuck's right next to me. Chuck fixes the bikes. And I'm going to shout out to Chuck because he he works hard, like harder than I do, because he's got to deal with these mechanical (laughs) things. But I have these I have these three people here and I'm here. And, I, you know, and I'm looking around, I'm like, I don't know what fucking war all of y'all and I was in, but we clearly lost it because, look, we're all here now. Right. And no. Donald Trump <laughs> isn't here and Obama isn't here and Jeff Bezos isn't here and fucking Bill Gates isn't <gasps> here. We're here. Yep. You and I are here. Us. And they looked around and they're like, fuck, yeah, bro. And you're this not is killing it. each other.
1: Mm-hmm. He said he had a Mexican, a black guy, a white guy with a swastika in him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So this is America. This is our America. And so we need to tell people that you need to be proud of it. And you need to be proud of who you are. Don't give a fuck who you are, where you came from, what you did, what you learned, what you know, how much money you have when you go to bed and you wake up in the morning tomorrow, you were a fucking American. And don't let anybody forget it. And don't you forget it.
1: Well, but that's prob- why we love our channel, Trooper, because the people who come and follow us, even the people that came just to see him. They know that here at our channel that we are Americans. We all are the same. Our shit stinks and we're pink in the inside.
2: Well, they, they, the left has demonized America over the last 20 years, especially the last 20 years, to the point where, you know, even before that, you know, African-American, Asian-American. No, you're not African-American. I've if never you're been born, in Africa. Yeah, if you're born in America, you're a fucking American and
3: that's it. And yeah, that hyphenated American bullshit started what in the mid 90s or something? That yeah. was like the, the initial little thing. And in the late 90s, everybody got we had the Cosby show, we had uh Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Family
1: Matters. Had, you ever watch Family Matters? Like my favorite show,
3: Family Matters. Yeah, I mean, everybody was cool. Like by the late 90s, I mean, I'm not saying, like I said, that those four rednecks, you know, cooking their still up in the Appalachians didn't exist, but nobody gave a fuck about those guys, mm-hmm, it's yeah. only four. Yeah,
0: and nobody up. nobody paid attention to what they had to say. Yep. Any the intelligent people in the world were not listening to their rhetoric and their nonsense. And now the left has painted all of us, all people with white skin, not her, but anybody on the right is those boys in the hills with the so freaking black Because too. people with yeah. this yeah. skin, because uh, people with this skin is, team team is team team automatically
1: oppressed. Team. That's what they want you to think. Not to cut you off, but you know, it's not him, but people with this skin were automatically oppressed. So that's the mindset that they have poisoned oh,
3: that, people with. that one comedian that got canceled from Netflix or they tried to throw a show off? Dave Chappelle. Uh, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. right? Oh, no. D- oh, we, now we have to cancel that guy because he's not, he's not towing the line. Yep. There's a lot of hot guys like that that have just been, and I mean, some of my favorite actors like Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, they'll put up with that shit. Like, you're an American. Oh, okay. No more movies for you, you know. Until you start pontificating some racial hatred, we're not going to yep. let you back. Well, in. the thing with Denzel
2: Washington and Morgan Freeman—they're—I don't know if they're conservative, but they don't. I know they're not liberal lunatics. But their their Hollywood stuff is not diminished. They, Denzel Washington's coming out with Equalizer three.
1: I think they just separate themselves from it. Honestly, it and seems like they both just
2: just rise above it. Well, Morgan Freeman, he's in a new series uh with uh, uh the Green Chick from Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Zoe Salada. Oh,
1: yeah. So my, he's my girl in a crush.
2: new he's in a new series with her. Zoe Salda. There's, there's some actors like Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is a total conservative, but he never diminished in the movies. There's some actors that are sort of immune to that, and especially Clint Eastwood. We know yeah. Clint Eastwood is flat, is flat out Conservative. And he was also, and Clint was one of my idols, but he was an idiot when he did this, when he sat down and had that little conversation yeah. about Obama sure. or whatever. Yeah. at the, I think it was at CPAC or something. It was stupid as hell. Anyway, but some some Hollywood actors and actresses are somewhat immune to that. Some of them aren't. They, no. get, they get blasted and lambasted, but some of them, like Bruce Willis, I know he is a conservative. Same with Denzel Washington. If they're not overly big and
0: mega superstars,
2: and they let it be known
0: that they're conservative and they have conservative values, they get blacklisted. Quickly. Absolutely, <laughs> but you know, people like Clint Eastwood are immune because they're just too large. Uh, a studio is not going to throw away that kind of money because they disagree with Clint Eastwood.
2: Well, I, you know? That's one of the reasons why I was so. Uh, I don't mean to go way off track, but we did. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That show, The Ranch, that came out on Netflix. Oh yeah,
0: with Sam Elliott. That was way conservative.
2: With Sam Elliott and Ashton Kutcher, and I was surprised about Ashton Kutcher being hot. as being so conservative. I knew I knew Sam Elliott was conservative. I knew he would always been a conservative guy.
1: If we're going off topic, I want to mention two things. You mentioned the cigar bar. I just wanted to let you guys know that me and my hubby got a chance to actually go to the cigar bar with Trooper and hang out with him and have a cocktail. And I wanted to mention that my husband is 21 days, three weeks without a cigarette. So he has officially kicked... He's done. I just want to say, honey, I'm so proud
2: of you. Well, I couldn't have done it without you, You did so you well.
1: I was like, honey, 21 days. Like, the first week he was knocking it out, he was like, I got this. So I was like, honey, you know, they say 21 days. So then 14 days, he's like, I got this. And then yesterday, he was like, tomorrow's 21 days. I was like.
2: And I do want to say that when we were at the Cigar Bar with Trooper, she, who had never had a cigar before. Had, ah. a, had a cigar. Never I had did. one.
1: I never had one. So
2: and she she smoked it and had about this much left. She put it out and I said to her, "I said, are you done with it?" And she goes, "Yeah." And I took it and lit it and I had a couple of puffs and then I put it out and then she went back and grabbed <laughs> it. Kind of like
1: playing it. with the lighter. It was fun playing with the lighter. And I kind of felt like a mafia kind of sitting there smoking the cigar, like in the bar. You know, kinda. you do, you do, don't <laughs> you? Yeah? You do, you do, kind of feel
2: mafia. You do kind of
1: feel like a mafia. Yeah, they come around, serve you, make the drinks, make you feel all <laughs> important. Yeah.
0: Steve gave me all kinds of help for not coming down to Arizona yet. So I'm, I'm going to have
2: to get down you're there. You're going to have to check out the cigar. It, bar.
1: Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was just, they, they were so nice and we had and, dinner. And after. I, I'm, and, I'm
2: guessing yep. that trooper gets his mail there and he has a cot in the back room. Yeah. <laughs> they know him very well. They all, there. They
3: all seem to know him very they, well. Yeah, but yeah, I, it's a thousand dollars a year. If you want to go to the back room, it's actually open 24 hours a day. If you're in the elite oh. club or whatever. Um But I'm, my wife told me I'm, I, I was doing cigar bar Thursday every week and then that turned into like a couple of days <laughs> and we she's like, mm-hmm. you gotta gotta tighten it up, right So now it's just a first Thursday of every month the first Thursday and that's it and then I've been pushing the time because it's three o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday people work so I might I might adjust the time a little bit, but it's still going to be once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and no more. And then and then my wife's happy with that. She makes me decontaminate when I get home. I so was going go to
1: mention, Brandy was so nice. She actually came to the cigar with us and she came in that, and had a... I, and he was like, she hates the smell of it, but she was a good sport. She came and hung out. So, yeah, we got to meet his wife, Dandy.
3: Yeah, she's an angel. Yes. And, and his, uh, congratulations on that. You're 21 days into it. so You're far enough into it now that you know you're not going to blow it. When well, I quit the, smoking... I had to look in the mirror and I had to go, you're a fucking retard. You got yourself into this. You need to get yourself out of this. Right. And then like, you had to be honest with yourself. So now you're here. One of the things that you're probably going to start experiencing is you're going to get super tired because your synapses are rebuilding now without nicotine molecules. Well, I, don't no, I synaps- still have
2: nicotine because I'm using a vape. Okay. So if, just if, you, a-
3: if that's a gateway to get off, that's fine. Um, but once you get off, you're going to start getting tired. And you're going to go through a couple of weeks of just being like, totally like narcoleptic tired. And then, and then you're going to purge that. Yeah. And And then you're good. And then you're home free. Yeah. I mean, with my
2: MS, I literally can be at work and I have a whole bunch of energy and within five minutes, I'll be like, I could go to sleep for about two days okay and should we get back to his uh, i was gonna say first
1: i
0: i know you've got we were talking about this medical stuff medical aid that you're offering people and i know you were showing us before the show a bag. you got a bag we need to know
3: bag. This one, uh, it's a yeah. trooper bag so a trooper bag yeah so my. everybody and i actually did a video on it today because i i repaired it um the one of the straps came loose so i did a a little video series on how to stitch up your gear and you know, don't be afraid of trying new things. If your gear is ripped, fix it. I always tell people, people will buy things and they'll go, I can't take it out of the box. That's for emergencies. Well, how do you know it works? How do you know how to use it, right? So I'm like a big use your gear. Mm-hmm. And then if your gear uh, you know, breaks or rips or whatever, then fix it, replace it, repair it, or just realize it's a piece of shit and get something better. Mm-hmm. But don't start out with the best stuff. Don't start out with the crappiest stuff. My only guide for bags, if anybody cares, is buy nylon, not polyester. If it says Oxford fabric or Oxford material, that's a code word for shit. Okay. So don't buy anything that says Oxford, anything. It doesn't have to be Cordura nylon, but it should be 600 denier nylon or 1,000 denier nylon. So buy um, nylon. Nylon. Uh, yeah, nylon, not polyester. Got it. And uh, and that's the and and that way. You can repair it if it rips. If it's polyester, it'll fray like hair.
1: Yeah, oh, oh. Can't that's fix polyester. That
3: shit. And that's what it does. So, um, but I've I've done videos on my bag. People have this this fascination with what they call um, uh, either bug out bags or or uh, mm-hmm. uh EDC bags or get home bags, bags or whatever. Go bags. Yeah, go bag. Um, And I ha- I have bags. I before the show I've shown them all the all the different bags I have. But they're purpose built. They're 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 function specific and you know there's some duplication in them but the the thing with the bag though is uh, we're talking specifically about first aid Mm -hmm. and the the two types of first aid so everybody they want an ifac uh, individual first aid kit and it has a um a tourniquet in it right i brought my my tourniquet you you got your tourniquet i I got my tourniquet so you should have this and in here, I have bleed stop, I have trauma shears, I have a, a cat tourniquet, um, just very basic things, uh, packing gauze, and this is a gunshot wound thing. And so, with a trauma kit, a lot of people, they think, I got a tourniquet, I'm good, but if you get hit in the, in the torso, your, your tourniquet's not going to work on a torso, right? No. So you have what uh, Kevin and I were talking about this morning. is called a field pressure dressing or a big, thick gauze, you know, that you would press on on a wound to keep the blood inside the body. And then at that point, you need to get that person to a higher level of care. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know where that bullet or that knife or that arrow or that whatever went, right? It's inside the body somewhere. It's penetrated the skin layer and it's inside the body cavity. So now you're in a race against time. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you should have an I pack and you see mine is in an expendable sandwich bag and not some, Oh, I got to, you know, rip it open. It looked cool thing and right. put it in a fucking sandwich bag because you're going to be fumbling and your, your fingers are, you're going to be like this and you're going to be wanting to get that tourniquet on somebody before they bleed out. And I'm just going to open this online and we're going to go Doritos, fucking corn chip bag. Right. And just yep. dump everything out. Everything that you need should be like right there. <laughs> no fucking around. And if all you need is a tourniquet, ditch the rest of it and then go with the tourniquet. And then you can always go back and get the rest of it. Um, I do carry gloves in my, in a little film case. If you have time to put them on, that's good. If not, don't worry about it because you're, the, the first priority is to stop the bleed. And then this, you know, the second thing is you wear gloves to protect the casualty because you don't know how much flesh is exposed outside of that skin. And you're trying to limit the amount of environmental contaminations going into the wound, right? So so you should have gloves in your kit, but, I mean, the tourniquet's one thing. But the other 99% of the stuff is not gunshot wounds. That's not, you know, arrows through the head. It's not that. It's just basic things, right? Like, oh, I cut myself with a knife. I stepped on a rock. I, I, uh, I walked into a plate glass window. These types of things. And so you need to scale... Your first aid kit which i also have this is what kevin and i were talking about and it's in the little trooper bag here mm-hmm. same Thank thing it's in a sandwich bag uh but this is just a basic first aid kit and tape i would say tape and gauze are your best friends but the gauze is generally to cover the bandage or the, the wound that you're putting on to basically keep dirt out of the wound mm-hmm. but you can use gauze as a primary wound dressing You don't typically do that because then blood dries, and then you got to pull this gauze off the wound. You know, they debride it. It It's very painful. So in here, I have a couple of things of gauze, and I was talking to Steve and Kevin about this, and we're considering putting these kits together basically at cost for all of our channels so that your users, our users, can buy them and not get fucked and not, like, uh, you know, get ba- basement. You know, what? What I call uh, bomb sheltered beans and dehydrated Bitcoin. We're we're pushing information out. We're not grifting. We're not trying to make money off of users, but we do want to help users. So we will go to the expense to buy a box of forty of these and sixty of those and twenty of these, and then we'll assemble these kits out of actual sandwich bags. And then, if it costs twelve dollars and fifty cents to put it together, we'll sell it for fifteen dollars to cover shipping and, you know, make a dollar or whatever. But basically, how much does it cost? And that way, It isn't like, oh, I had to watch a tripper channel and go through 40 videos and add 87 things to my shopping cart, and this one bag cost me $1,500 because that's how much money I had to buy (laughs) and stuff to fill it up, right? Well, yeah, you (laughs) and I were talking
0: about how you you go and you look on, I'm going to say YouTube. I hate to plug YouTube because they're – They banned us.
2: Um, fucks.
0: You know, let's pretend you go and you look at a bunch of rumble channels and and we figure out every little thing that you need in there. You can get everything in your kit off of Amazon – but when you buy it, you're gonna have enough to make 15 of those kits, right? Basically, because when you buy this stuff, you can't you're buying buy one. It. You can't just buy one thing or five of these, and mm-hmm. you get a case of 40 of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a brilliant idea that we could we, we can work together or whatever and just have that basic trooper kit. And we yeah, now we put a name on it, call it the, a trooper 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 the trooper kit, trooper bag. I love it. And and that way, these people. Watching you, watching your channel or anybody's channel can say, I don't need to spend, you know, $300 on a kit and, and assemble 15 of them. I can just buy one or two kits for,
3: I'll go, I'll go over these right now. If anybody wants to steal our idea and beat us to the punch or whatever, that's sure. fine. Cause I'm more focused on education. You know, there's no pecuniary interest here. There's no desire for anybody here No. to, we don't make our living doing this. And I was right. talking to Kevin before the show. I've invested a lot of money in what I do, right? And it's important to me, so I do it. And you have invested a lot of money in what you do, and we're never going to recoup that. So we're not. It's always helpful if somebody wants to donate and help out, but we're not. in, you know, if you watch those other conservative channels, they're just selling you bullshit. Yeah. You know, buy a money, buy dehydrated bomb shelter beans, buy we ain't whatever, doing and then that here. you're we ain't to doing it. that. Yeah. So I'm going to go through this. And if anybody out there, you know, wants to steal our idea or whatever, then more power to you. If you fuck consumers over, we're just going to build the same bag for cheaper of yours anyway. Of course, too. So, you know what? You know,
1: On a side note, I wish I could be with you when you, like, organize the stuff. That shit is so therapeutic to me, like, stuffing the little bags <laughs> and, like, packing shit. One summer, I volunteered at this church right before school to, like, do the back-to-school book bags. And I'm telling you, I unintentionally just fucking took over. The pastor and his wife loved me because I had shit organized. People had systems. It's just therapeutic to me. So that's something that I could offer the world if it shuts down. I could definitely be an organizer and stuff in bags and envelopes and shit. That I, I love it. I love doing that shit.
3: Well, you come, come on down, and we'll, after we get all the stuff, and we'll we'll spend a week packing. Yeah, I tell you what, you get it the off room.
1: the ground like successfully. I'll come <laughs> and help you be a distributor, and I'll work in the warehouse and I'll run shit, stuff in bags and shit. I, I I'll be your first employee. You there get it you up where you can afford me. I'll come down there.
3: <laughs> awesome. All right, so I'm gonna go through this real fast. Yeah, oh, take your talk, time. It's not, it, you it's, got time. We Kevin. Do we have time? We, we on your time. As long as you want to be, We on your time.
2: It's a weekend. Right. We got. It's Friday night morning show, man. Yeah, it, as long as you want to stick
3: around, we love to have you. I don't have any grandkids. Uh, I got. Well, <laughs> well. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, so we're gonna go through this. Two kids. All right, real fast, guys. So the first thing, yeah, get a tourniquet. Get a cat tourniquet. Don't get some bullshit tourniquet. We got uh, burned on a bunch of those Rhino tourniquets or whatever that failed, or what? There was some bullshit. Just buy cat. All right, it's North American Rescue cat tourniquet. If you can get, you don't have to use a film case, but get some gloves that fit your hand. Good, and you can get Harbor Freight thick nine mil nitrile gloves, or you know whatever gloves if you want, but some kind of gloves. And remember these are to protect your patient as much as it is you, especially if you got a heavy bleed. Promise yours. Anytime somebody's severely wounded, they're going to be putting out a lot of blood and that whole leg or that whole arm or that whole sweater, you know, sleeve or whatever is going to be wet. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times when you get a, like if you get a stick or something that comes in, the stick is going to come in down here and then it's going to move over here. And so you see a hole on this part of the sweater, but the wounds down here, so you want to access the wound. And the other thing, especially for the gentleman, is if a, a woman has a wound and they're bleeding, cut their damn shirt off right through the bra, right? You need to expose the body to figure out where the hole is so you can deal with the hole. So you need—you don't have to have an expensive pair of trauma shears because this is a single-use thing. At that point, this is going to get left at the disaster site. But they have to be big enough to you know, be able to quickly chew through. And for those of you who don't know, Trauma shears are flat on the bottom so that they can push across skin. Mm. And what I do with all mine is I actually take sandpaper and all loot, you know, I'll sand them up because some of them are rough because most of them are made out of chinesium, right? Uh, you know, but don't you don't need to buy an expensive pair, but have a pair of trauma shears. And this is for that IFAC for that emergency thing. Um, a couple of rolls of gauze, any kind of gauze, any form factor, it doesn't matter. And this is to cover the wound. Generally, after you put a, a pressure dressing on, you know, your primary dressing, and then you're using this to just wrap around. And the gauze does two things. It helps keep environmental contaminants or dirt out of the wound, and it also helps stabilize that wherever that bandage is. You're wrapping it with this, so it's going to hold it in place now. So, And then you can also use this as a tourniquet if you don't have a tourniquet, and you can wrap this around, stick a stick through it, and twist it, and do it the old fashioned way. But we stopped doing that a long time ago. a uh field pressure dressing so this is your israeli bandage or you know basically all this is is like a big maxi pad like think of it like a really big super flow maxi pad with gauze tails that are coming off each side Hmm. and so the way this is designed is you open it up and you put the pressure dressing on the hole because remember what you're trying to do is you're trying to achieve what's called hemostasis or stop stopping the bleed and Then you wrap the gauze tails around, and then you tie the knot on top of the bandage. And then that extra pressure is going to help you know have apply static pressure to where the wound is. Hmm. We got two different kinds of bleed stop in my kit you have injectable, I dropped it, but you have injectable bleed stop, and uh, uh this is a uh, pouring bleed stop. So if you have a uh, an abradement where basically your skin gets ripped off of your body. Like you have a skin flap. Now, if you expose vascular structure and, and arteries and things that are bleeding fast, you want to put the skin back on. If you can find it, sometimes you can't, sometimes it's still attached to that bumper 30 meters away from where your casualty is. Right. So you have to stop the bleed. So they have bleed stop powder and they have old stuff and new stuff. The old stuff was chemical based and it literally cauterized the wounds and it caused a lot of tissue damage and it's horrible and don't use it. And then they have what's called chittendin, which is seashell based, but you can still use it on people that have shellfish allergies. It won't it won't affect them or trigger the allergy. Uh, but c makes the best shit in the world. And the nice thing about it is it also works on uh, people who are on and blood thinners and things like that. So it will stop a bleed. And then um, also down here when I dropped it is packing gauze and packing gauze is just basically this type of gauze. That's kind of like how you pull tissues out and it's like a bulb and they yeah. just keep coming out, mm-hmm. but it has that shit and din integrated into it. And that's what you stuff into a heavy bleeding gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. If the gunshot wound or the stab wound or whatever the wound it is, is not pouring blood out, you don't need to stuff shit into it because you're just introducing an infection, but if something is spurting blood, then you wanna you wanna pack that wound and you wanna put as much internal pressure on whatever those open arteries are as you can. Because remember, we're in a first world country. So the assumption is that we're going to be somewhere near a hospital or there's going to be an ambulance to come and get us. But like Kevin and I were talking, we go out way out in the field, and it may be a day and a half before you can get to help or before help can get to you, right? So and we could talk about emergency locators and, and these things, but this is just critical immediate trauma care mm-hmm. it's airway breathing circulation right consciousness exposure so just things that are you know as a patient alive and you're not worried about stitching wounds you're not worried about kissing boo-boos you're not worried about putting a little you know bandage with butterflies on you know skin knees and whatever this is critical care so this is this is basically all you need in that big kit and then also in the big kit i do have uh iodine with iodine in here iodine wipes And they look just like, uh, excuse me, just like alcohol wipes. You you see the alcohol wipes, and everybody knows what alcohol wipes are. Well, they make iodine wipes, so the same thing. And that's for cleaning around the wound if you can. And then I do have a couple of very large uh, Mm -hmm. Band-Aids. These are like the ones you'd put on a a child's knee, Mm -hmm. like that size. They're like two inches by four inches. So just have a couple of those in there, because sometimes that's all you need to close a wound. Now you could put stereo strips in there too if you want, but (coughs) this kit isn't isn't designed for that. So anyway, that's the whole trauma kit right there. All the other stuff that's in there, you can put whatever you want in it, but you don't want it so complicated that somebody who's not familiar with your kit's overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I
0: I think it's important to point out, like you said, this fits in a sandwich bag. Yeah.
2: It's it's small.
0: (laughs) You don't need the I've seen them sold. Online, they're the size of a backpack. <laughs> and like you said, it's a 537 piece first aid kit. That's not necessary. The point is provide trauma care, stop the bleeding, keep them alive, and get them to help. yeah You're not going to perform surgery you perform in the field. Surgery on this and get
1: ready to do the uh, yeah, open heart surgery.
3: So, the, the only other thing that's said there that should be part of a trauma kit is one of those mylar blankets. And I have one in the kit, but not in the trauma kit because it's not an immediate care item. Um, <clears throat> most of the wounds that you get in trauma is either search and rescue or battlefield or, or you know, car accidents in a, a c- civic environment is patients going hypothermic or hypothermic. So they either get too cold or they get too warm because when you have a major trauma your body all of a sudden now can't regulate its own temperature and so even though you might have properly treated the wound, they die in transit because they their body is dropped below a viable temperature. So Anytime you have somebody who's wounded, you immediately want to think about, you know, are are they warm or are they cold? And we just we had one at Billy's Way Home a month or two ago. This dude literally just fell out, like, right, like literally right in front of my aid station. And... I have, you know, I have a uh, battery-powered fans and um, uh, reverse osmosis water and a sprayer and a straight-up umbrella, you know, and these things. And so we're on the guy, and I'm I'm spraying him down, and I'm taking his hat off, getting the heat off of his off of his body, getting some, you know, convective cooling going, and shading him, and now he's now he's coming back down into temperature range and now you know he's going to be okay if we weren't there that guy literally would have died because he passed out with clothes on with a hat on in open heat and he was severely dehydrated and high Mm -hmm. so having that ability to shield shield that casualty with the with the umbrella or with a you know with your with a space blanket you know because it's a reflective shield that's a critical part of your care kit and they weigh nothing Right. And then if you crash your kayak or whatever, you, you know, you can still use that Mylar blanket, you know, for your own temperature regulation as well. But that's a critical part of, you know, of your trauma care kit. So you know, should have that.
1: Trooper, you probably went through this in detail on your channel and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start to uh, check it out on the regular because on our way out here, we were talking about like coming up with a plan and, you know, having our supplies. And the first thing I was like, where the fuck to even start, you know? So this bag that you have, it's him, me, my twins. Do you think each of us should have our own bag and then put stuff in it? Like each of us have our own kits. Cause I'm I'm thinking about four bags. We all have our own bags and then put the other stuff inside the bag. Like you said, the stuff that we'll want water, extra socks, stuff like that.
3: We're going to, yeah, I'll, uh, I got. I got. This is what your 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 kids need. Is this little teeny? And I'll go over this too. So this is a little small first aid kit, a personal care kit. A lot of guys call it an hour your boo boo kit, and it's it's funny. Like I I'm not a tier one operator, but you know everybody that says they're a tier one operator, they don't. You know they all talk about boo boo kits, and and what what they talk about with a boo boo kit is you got all these beefcake dudes, and they you know they have the they have the sea locks, you know, coagulant and they, and they have the uh, you know, the cat tourniquet, but then somebody just gouges their hand really bad. And they get this really annoying bleed and it's bleeding all over your gear and your gear is very expensive. And now you get blood stains on it. And as you know, all the warriors like to accessorize. So anytime you drip blood on your gear, you know, it's not a good thing. It doesn't right? look good. You're color-
1: no,
3: yeah, you're not color coordinated anymore. No, so red uh,
1: clashes. don't forget
3: about just having simple things like band-aids. And so this there's two kits here. And so what I, what to answer your question? Yes, your your kid should have this little kit in their backpack.
1: Well, no, they're they're like starting high school, so they're going to be adult. Okay. I would rather all of us have the the sandwich bag one. Like I want them to know how to do everything.
3: Well, yeah. It, it, again, you can overwhelm people because if they're not trained in, then they're going to shut down. Okay, don't worry, Trooper. So,
2: she will overwhelm them. I'm going to say you need to learn
3: care. how to do CPR <laughs> and do life
1: saving measures. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you will follow, follow Trooper on Telegram and do
1: everything,
3: everything that man says. There's somebody with no pulse, and they're like trying to look up the Trooper channel. <laughs> gonna, gonna oh gonna look,
1: go my god, up. I got to look up Trooper. <laughs> 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 my heart's in the right place. <laughs>
3: So I'm gonna go in with this little small kit first, okay? Because I, I I still carry these in a lot of my things, like like my gun range bag when I put on my battle rattle. This is what I have in there because it's a little small thing, and I know mm. I have a full full trauma kit on the range anyway. Right. And I have another aid kit in my truck, so I, you know this is just for boo boos. And you can get these from the dollar store, right? And yeah. it's things you wouldn't even think of, like in here, I have uh, tooth cleaners. Because how many times have you been like, it you want put your finger you in your mouth? Bought-
1: I have, I have some. Yeah, they do have little quirky stuff in there sometimes. You you said that's at the dollar store? They Sometimes they'll have like a sewing uh, kit. If
3: you, yeah, if you go to CVS Pharmacy or Winco or whatever, they have the travel size container thing. And usually they have these. You can get them on Amazon. Um, they're just a little tiny kit. So what comes in them sucks. You can just throw that shit away and just mm-hmm. use it. You could use whatever container you want. You could use a sandwich bag. But I just, you know, these were cheap.
1: They're kind of cute. So,
3: uh, yeah. And then, you know, and I put my own little first aid cross on there. Uh, iodine Mm -hmm. iodine wipes are your best friend i don't know if you can see that Mm -hmm. absolutely okay so these are just like alcohol wipes and remember alcohol cleans things like uh, your like your your tweezers or your 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 zip popping tool or whatever you use alcohol on these things you use iodine on people iodine is a a, you know a broad spectrum you know germicidal agent that won't disrupt your skin the biggest mistake that people make is they pour either rubbing alcohol which is toxic and it will blind you if you drink it it's not ethanol like everclear or they'll pour peroxide which is an oxidizer into open wounds Mm -hmm. and what happens is that kills your flesh it literally kills your flesh so it's okay to use alcohol pads. Like if you're a diabetic or, you know, and you're fixing to, to prepare a site for injection or something like that, you want to kill all the surface bacteria, the flora and fauna that's on the skin. So you use alcohol for that because there's no broken wound yet. But generally, and you'll see it on the Trooper Channel out there, Billy's Way Home, I will literally hose people down with, with a bottle. Like I will shower their leg in iodine. And it looks gross. It looks like a scene out of a horror movie. But I am literally killing funguses, bacteria, viruses, molds, amoebas, spores, anything that's on that leg, because we have a, a limited water environment, right? And I want to maximize the amount of mileage I can get before I go and I start debriding those wounds and exposing them. Iodine is the most important thing that you can have in your kid. Okay. Whether whether it's that, uh, uh was the stuff they had when we were kids, uh, Jess and Kevin? Mercurochrome. Uh, let uh, me and um uh, ben- Benadine.
2: oh yeah Benadine. Oh, that sounds awful dude when i was a kid on the farm we'd fucking my dad would squirt iodine on the
3: horses all the fucking time bingo yeah yeah so this is iodine it's actually called It's probi- definitely
2: gonna get a lot of iodine
3: um this it is does make you uh, look
2: like, like, cortisol. like you're bleeding profusely
3: what do you got there yeah a uh, hydrocortisole or anti-itch cream. So it's hydrocortisol. What do you use this for? Um, you could use it for bug bites. You could use it for chub rub, right? So how many times you went out on, uh, you know, you wanted to do the breast cancer three day and all of a sudden you found out your crotch is raw. You got a new bike and you rode around. You found out that the back of your legs and your ass cheeks are raw or whatever. Hydrocortisone cream is going to get right on top of that rash. It's going to provide a little bit of lubrication. And it's funny when we talk about it. It's not funny when it's happening. It's, yeah, it's totally not, not
0: funny. Monkey butt is no
3: right. joke.
1: The raw thighs yeah. will make you want to cry.
3: Exactly. So a little bit of hydrocortisone, or you might actually, you know, in your your part of town, baby boys. hydrocortisone.
2: I'm
3: gonna. So buy the got that. Um, these are little uh, angelic. You probably know what these are. These are those heroes for blemishes. These are little circle things that you put on zits. Oh yeah. These things are amazing, and you put you have a couple of those in there. But write uh, that down too. What do you use those for? You just said uh, put ant, it on zits. Ant bites, no. uh stings. you might scratch a zit and get a bleed and then you can put one on there and then you have a little miniature, you know, protection thing on there. But also for ant bites, for bee stings, for whatever, right? Or like I just jam that pin into my my thumb, right? So, you know, stuff like that happens. <laughs> but these are a good thing to have. And may, or you just have some you scratched a fissure on your your arm and all of a sudden you got a bleed and you don't want a big stupid band-aid on it. So <laughs>
1: A little bit more discreet, I guess.
3: This is a finger cot, this blue thing. Mm. It looks like a like a condom for like a Democrat, but inside of there <laughs> uh, hey, you know, we're out there. We're we're on the playing field now, right? So uh, but the, the finger cot's obviously valuable because you do have fingers and toes. Uh the worst thing is you rip a nail out for you guys that wear like the Jerusalem cruisers and you kick the bottom of a something and then you ripped your toenail Oof. off.
2: Well,
3: done. I mean Done yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> It hurts like hell. Oh, yeah, it's, it's right? nasty. So you put a finger cut on it so you can pull the Q-tips out, but you also want to have some Q-tips in there. Mm-hmm. And how many times do you wish you had a Q-tip? It's like the tooth cleaning thing. And you use a Q-tip to apply things like the hydrocortisone cream, you apply it to the Q-tip and then you apply the Q-tip to the wound. Mm-hmm. You always have that interstitial procedure. You don't want to, you know, especially if you're using that, you and your buddy both got bit by a bug or whatever. And then you're like smearing blood into the hydrocortisol cream. Like, Here you go, bro. And he's like, ah, you know, so you want to have some Q-tips. No hey, you
2: can be blood brothers. Yeah, there, right. <laughs> Gross. It's just saying they're
3: saying their blood oath, you know. Uh, these are those little towels that expand they look like a little like a gigantic aspirin or something but you add water to them and they turn into like an eight or a ten by ten mm-hmm. paper towel. now so they I do sell
1: kind of those good. at dollar tree they sell those at the dollar store
3: yeah, yeah i have them in, store, in a lot of different stuff
1: you got one more time
3: um more iodine and like i said you have rubbing alcohol in here too to clean stuff but have iodine iodine wipes um, these are hand cleaner. I don't normally carry hand cleaner. I think when I did, I just had these laying around and I use uh, alcohol wipes in place a hand cleaner, but these, these were nice, moist towelettes, So I just threw these in here. That's fine. And now the most important thing is the band-aids because Kevin, when you're talking about, you get the 555 piece first aid set for 49 99 from Amazon and 480 of those things are useless shit. And the other nine things you don't know how to use. Right. <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't need to carry 50 fucking band-aids you know, in your, in your boo-boo kit, you just need like two of each size. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Because if you got any more of a problem than this, you You need to be one, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You better
2: get into the other big first stage. Well, the other thing you got to make sure is that you replace (laughs) ones that you
3: use. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then on this one, I just have little two by two gauze. So this is, you know, just a minute, you know, gauze, but it's just a two by two. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is good for two things. Now, I like the two by two because it makes a good eye cover. And if you're treating somebody else like your kid, if you have an eye injury, you actually want to cover both eyes because you don't know what that injury is. And if the injury is like under the eyelid, it's scratching the eye every time you, your eyes dart around. So if you cover up one eye and you still have that scratchy thing, you have the other eye there, you know, they track together. You want to cover both eyes keep the patient calm reassure them that everything's fine get them to the next high level care so you want to have this basic stuff and that's that's it so you, you know you can see different variations of this um but that's like the little tiny kit that you would put in the backpack mm-hmm. and it's going to solve because you are going to be at work and you are going to be wearing a white shirt or something and you're going to get a bleed from a paper cut and then you're like shit. <laughs> So that's basically what that's I'm for
2: myself just about every single
1: day. No, I'm literally going to be trying. I am looking into these to be our go bags. Like yeah. you're going to have one. I'm going to have one. Jeff's going to have one. It's going to have one. And that's, yeah, what we're that's gonna important ha-
3: this, in, in this realm. And this is the last bag, Kevin. Thanks for allotting us time. So, you know, we got the gunshot wounds and all the cool stuff. Right. You know, I can't wait to use my tourniquet on a motherfucker. Right. Well, that <laughs> shit hopefully will never happen god no <laughs>
1: whoever said that probably you trooper
3: <laughs> no but i you, you know what though i see so much of this stuff that like guys like spend money on gear that i think that subconsciously they <laughs> oh, want so, yeah, they they, they're,
0: they're the gung-ho gi joe type That's what that they're saying. yeah they, they can't wait oh god i'm ready i i got this stuff let's let's go come on
3: <laughs> have you, you've seen my battle rattle, have you, what I wear? So, and where all the magazines go, mm-hmm. I, I had, my daughter bought me, um, what are they called? Furbies or, uh, tie, tie stuffed animals or whatever. Furries?
2: You're a furry oh.
3: now? Beanie babies they're, they're or something. There's a yeah. little stuff, beanie babies. There you go. So, <laughs> yeah. So I got beanie babies in where all my magazines are, but I have to carry that, the chest rig because it has two tourniquets on it. It has a bleed stop kit. I have water in the back. I have a flashlight, so I I have other things that I need when I'm working with students on the range. But I don't need to have 50 magazines. I never get to shoot my gun when I'm when I'm out there teaching people how to shoot. I'm lucky I get to shoot like five rounds, so I don't need like a rack of magazines. (laughs) So I'm trying to like bring the temperature down in the room. You know, this is fun. Beanie babies. babies. Yeah, we just went shooting because we had them. fun shooting. They made a was, movie you know, about the Beanie Babies <laughs>
2: well, that came out with the Beanie Babies. I saw. Yeah, there's it.
3: there's some guys you know they would show up with like a tourniquet already like pre staged on each limb. Like I'm ready, man. You know, <laughs> <was> so <laughs> shoot,
0: shoot me in the arm so I can tighten this thing up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is what you want in your go bag. What you're talking about, and yes. this is a trooper first aid kit. So take your 499 piece of bullshit thing and. Just pull these things out. So you yes. don't have this. This is, again, powderized sea C-locks. This is not packing gauze. This is powder. And you pour this on a wound. Um, an example of this is I treated a guy that had a motorcycle burn, a third degree burn on the back of his leg. And he's homeless. And so he used a fucking Taco Bell napkin, like the recycled brown paper napkins. And he pushed it on the third degree wound. He pulled his sock up over that. Oh. And then he didn't do that wound for four or five days. Well, guess what happened? Infection. Well, infection and in the skin granulated into that. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. And I saw this and I'm like, brutal. Hope you're as tough as you look. Cause you were not going to like what's going to happen next. Yeah. So had to all off. This um, and my buddy Chuck that works on the bikes. And I absolutely can't say too much about Chuck. He's just so awesome. But he came over and he's like, like, I'm cleaning this wound. And this guy is just like fucking bleeding out. Mm. And uh, so I, we had to use C LOX on them to stop to stop the bleed and get the bleed under control before we could treat the wound. But it was like a lot of blood was coming out. And it isn't on a wound like that, the person's not really going to bleed out unless they have some kind of uh, you know hemophilia type of thing. But it's a lot of blood, so it's a sanitary issue and it's also a psychological thing. When people see themselves bleeding, they get scared. Mm-hmm. And the biggest threat that you have when somebody's injured. Is is not that they have a complex injury, but they see that complex injury, they don't understand it, and then they go into shock and then you're fucked. And now you have a critical immediate you know situation to deal with. So the sooner you can get things like bleed stop on a wound, be like, oh, you're good, bro. You know, and always, you know, reassure the casualty, reassure the casualty. They teach you that in combat medical training. I don't care if you know the person's gonna fucking die five seconds from now. Don't tell them you reassure the casualty <laughs> that they're gonna be fine. Because if they freak out, they're they're gonna. They're, all, what happens is your 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 system takes over and it pulls all your blood and everything into the core of your body and you you, you go into protective mode, and you do not want people to do that because then their body temperature drops, all their their lymphatic system kicks in, all kinds of problems happen. So you want to be calm, all the time, very even toned, and work the issue. But this kid had this big bleed, so bleed stop. And you will find, uh, especially if you like to ride a skateboard or do anything like that you're going to run into something and i'm not talking about skin in your knee getting road rash i'm talking about you ran into a fence and the twisty wire things were pointed the wrong direction and now you just gouged your hole inside of your arm and you got a whole bunch of bleed to deal with right so be prepared so this is the stuff that you use now you never use coagulant you never use packing gauze or bleed stop in the torso you only use it on the extremities and i can't stress that enough because if you start plugging stuff up in, you know, underneath the skin, underneath the fascia, a surgeon's, it's gonna, you're gonna probably kill the the patient. Mm. I mean, at that point, you just have to just stop the bleed on the wound the best you can. So there's that. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying. I have my bags out now, so I'm trying to figure out where to put my shit. <laughs> you
2: got shit everywhere now. <laughs> no, the best way to stop a wound or a bleed on a torso or leg is is direct pressure, hard, direct, yes. are very, very hard, and I. This is from CPR training that I did. It doesn't matter if the if the person's going that really hurts that you're pushing that hard, then you're pushing probably not hard enough because you have to put an immense amount of pressure on those deep wounds to get them to stop bleeding. You got to put so much pressure on them. Press
3: until until the bleed stops. Yes, so until it stops. Uh, The thing I have in mind, as may not be like for a 15 year old, but this is preparation H wipes. So basically, it has witch hazel. <laughs> And I want you to think about this because this could be your spare set of contact lenses. This could be a maxi pad. This could be um, uh, some type of a sugar for a diabetic. This could be anything. Hmm. Okay. This is your optional item that you know that you're going to need for you that you normally carry, but sometimes you forget. Mm -hmm. That's what that is.
1: Okay.
3: Whatever that is. Again, tape and gauze. Tape and gauze are your best friend. Um, this, is, uh, this is this this is zinc oxide gauze or fighting gauze. There's two different, or not gauze, but tape. Um, any kind of tape is fine. Surgical tape, boxing tape. I normally, uh, I'll buy hockey tape, which is what I've been using out there. And then I had zinc oxide tape donated to me. So I use that out there now. And so the difference between zinc oxide tape and this tape that you would wrap your hockey sticks with or you wrap your fists with, you know, you exercise with, is that the zinc oxide is going to help a little bit with infection control because germs don't like zinc Zinc is also not necessarily fireproof but you can subject zinc oxide to high temperatures and it will displace its oxygen molecules which will suppress whatever is trying to burn it and then when you take the heat source away the oxygen models molecules return back to the zinc oxide. So it helps r- maintain the structural integrity of the tape while it's under stress. So you can put this on a casualty and it's going to help protect them from UV sunlight. It's going not going to degrade. It's going to be a little bit breathable. It's going to provide some infection control. So there's a lot of advantages to it, but you could use surgical tape, duct tape, gaffer's tape. I use a lot of gaffer's tape. So any kind of tape is fine. Um, and it can be, you know, I, I would say don't go Less than three quarters of an inch, but you don't have to go like a full inch and a half. But have some tape.
2: Uh, duct tape was was one of my.
3: Uh, duct tape, fine too. Because generally, what you're using the tape for again is to secure that dressing, right? And then, to, and then the tape itself, the adhesive against the skin, is to keep any kind of contaminants from getting into the wound. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see I have a little pair of trauma shears here because we're not talking about trying to cut somebody's, you know, Nomex off their body, but we're just talking about, you know, cutting bandages and stuff, basically. Right. So bandage scissors. And then there's all your wound care stuff. And again, you have your 599 piece thing. Mm. All you have in here are a couple of band aids, a little bit of mole skin. For those of you who don't know what mole skin is, yeah, what's that? And I, I don't. So it feels like fur on one side. But it's super sticky on the other side. So it has an adhesive backing. You peel this off and you put this underneath the balls of your feet. Or if you've ever had those really nice shoes, those fashion forward shoes that were awesome. You wore them for 10 minutes and it carved the skin off the back of your Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it is for.
2: Oh. Okay. You put it well, right if you have a blister, top. if you have a blister on your heel from wearing a shoe without any socks, you put that on there.
3: Exactly. We're like you with your high heels, Jess, you know, I mean, it's a problem, right? But it's okay. Like yep. I said, a warrior. Yeah. You know, sister. I have, a, I have such Hello. a hard
2: time in my high heels, you know, whenever I walk in them, it just says, my feet get so sore. So suddenly.
3: Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's okay. If you have moleskin, you can think, you know, that just plan ahead. You'll be okay. Um, so different kinds of bandages. These are little tiny bandages for fingers. You know, you get a cut, you want a small bandage. That's why they have small bandages. They wrap around your fingers really well. More alcohol. And iodine wipes. Mm-hmm. You want to have the alcohol and iodine wipes. I'm I'm and sensing
0: a theme here with here the iodine wipes.
3: There's a theme. There a theme. So let, me, let me let me go over again why we do this. And you'll see this <laughs> on uh when we're treating wounds out there, is you, if you have a wound, you first you want to clean around the wound. You don't want to clean in the wound yet because you have all of that contamination on the skin, right? So the circle is the wound. So you want to clean the skin around the wound. And while you're cleaning around the wound. You're cleaning off all the dirt, all the sebium, all the skin oil, the perspiration and everything else, and all of the germs that could further contaminate that wound. So you can do that with rubbing alcohol or iodine, your choice, but it's okay to use rubbing alcohol because you're not in the wound, right? Just be careful. And then you use your iodine to clean in the wound, to, you know to get anything out of the wound that may be in there. And we're talking about dirt and things like that. If there's no dirt in the wound and it's just an open bleed, let that wound bleed a little bit and just the, you know, the process of it bleeding is going to wash out whatever dirt may be in it. Mm-hmm. So now you have a clean surface that's prepared for a bandage. You got a clean wound and now you can put whatever your wound treatment is over it. <clears throat> and there's a whole, a whole science behind, you know, different kinds of wounds and, and stuff that I don't, don't want to get into, but just remember don't put alcohol in wounds, but clean around the wound before you clean the wound.
1: Yep. Right. Alcohol on the outside, iodine on the inside
3: um these hydrocolids, you guys i don't know if you watch my videos but the hydrocolid bandages absorb what's called exudant or when you have wounds they seep so if it's seeping a little bit you put a hydrocolid on it if it's seeping a lot then you want to put gauze or something that absorbs the exudant right you want to you want to match the dressing to the wound so you have gauze you have bandage you have hydrocolid dressings for low flow wounds you have calcium alginate dressings for high flow wounds and then you have things like the um the, uh, s- silver, uh, silver gel dressings that we use for bacteriologically contaminated wounds because we can't debride them, which means that we can't, we can't scrape them out or clean them out. Mm-hmm. So the silver in the silver gel works as, as a, uh, a very strong bacterial agent that can break through that, that pr- protected bacterial layer on the wound and then get behind it. And then there's another wound science thing, but, um, hydrocol dressings for most of the road rash, cuts, scrapes, incisions, uh, lacerations, things like that. It's good to have. Uh, more of those little finger cots. Finger cots are super duper important. And then more Q-tips. You going to have Q-tips. And then all the other basic stuff in here. And again, I only have like one or two of each thing in here, right? Cause this is just you, it happened to you. So there's your hydrocortisone cream. This is a uh, be- uh, burn gel. The burn gel is basically aloe with either benzocaine or lidocaine in it. Mm-hmm. But the burn gel <clears> is different <throat> from hydrocortisone because it has a moisturizer in it and it generally is sterile in a packet. So you want to apply that to a burn. Um, so I got two burn creams, two hydrocortisone creams, um, some alcohol and iodine, and then just small little hydrocolloid bandages. There's little small ones, and these are much better than normal band-aids. So just a couple of those and a couple of different uh, shapes and sizes. (laughs) And then um, to go along with the uh, um, moleskin, these are just silicone patches that you would put over those blisters to form on the bottom of your feet Mm -hmm. and things like that, because those are normally the types of wounds that you're going to get you guys traveled. I'm actually surprised with all the travel you did on your honeymoon that you did not get um, a foot injury or some type of rash or some types of friction uh, burn from, you know, uh, clothing. I did. Or, I did. I didn't. I did. I mean from sitting in the car? No, from, for, walking. From, or from walking to the new place you've never seen before and you're walking around for a couple hours, you know. Well, I remember on um, the
2: front of my foot there, I, there was that there was that red blotchiness on the front of my left foot.
0: Yeah, yeah you guys it, did some hiking on the, the north anything. rim of the Grand no, Canyon, all any. that stuff. I, they were on the phone with me hiking, and like you we, say, it's we surprising. We were literally
2: in the Grand Canyon, and I'm like, <laughs> look,
0: Kevin, the Grand Canyon. They're showing me the Grand Canyon. I had a
2: little
1: blister under my foot that I got. Well, I guess you could say it was a callus that I got from over the winter, and... Pain occasionally kind of comes and goes. But when we was walking around Vegas and I didn't have on the right shoes and the sure only enough, time it I started will, to hurt.
2: The only time I'll get anything like a if, blister is if I <clears throat> wear shoes or boots, work boots, and I don't have the right socks on. He then protects the,
1: his feet like gold, though. He always the, has on socks.
2: Then the sock, if, it's too, if the sock is too loose inside the boot, it'll rub against the back of my heel and it'll create a blister. But I usually don't have any issues.
0: That's where you can use
2: what he's saying. Yeah. But that rarely happens.
3: Oh, did we lose your audio there? Uh Uh-oh. Troop? I was picking up my stuff off the keyboard and I muted myself. Um, (laughs) Hey, hey,
0: it's it's obligated that we have at least a little bit of technical problems on every show. show.
2: So you're good. Yeah, Yeah. we wouldn't, you know.
1: It wouldn't be us if we didn't fuck up something every time.
3: But we, you know, we also, we hand these things out and I've learned, I've I put full kits like this together for some of our homeless folks and then they'll lose them or they might trade them for something or whatever. So I will put... Wound care, and it seems kind of arbitrary. But when you're talking to somebody, you have to determine: Are they going to, you know, uh, is self care important to them? Because mm-hmm. you have some people that approach your aid station; they're almost at the hypochondriac spectrum of every little thing, and you're looking for the major things that are going to, you know, like turn into bad things. And they're worried about a, you know, some a, an ingrown hair or whatever. And then you have people that are just completely covered in wounds; they don't give a fuck, you know. And so you you have to balance, um, you know, how you're providing care. And you want them to, to provide themselves with care. But if they're not, you just have to do a better job fixing that dressing because that dressing is probably going to stay there until they see you a week from the day that you put it on And yep. that app. Um, so, you know, you kind of balance that. But I do make a lot of little, like, kits on the spot uh, for people. And then the other thing that we do, we're getting out of this. So this is basically everything in these three different types of wound care uh, packages. And, and, again, Steve and Kevin will – uh, we, you know, we'll get some help because we do want to put these together on some kind of site where people can buy it because most people are like, dude, that's cool. I, I, just tell me what to fucking buy where it is. I want two of them. That's kind of how I feel. You know, yep. save me this, <laughs> Right. So that's okay. Um, and we want people to have this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if they just have a little bit of exposure, they can go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know what to do now. I think I know what to do. Right.
1: That's me. So
3: I know. Uh, <laughs> Stitching. I got I to gotta give a plug. So I'm, I'm doing some stitching videos uh, on the channel to address this other fallacy that, you know, you should have a stitching kit or a suture kit and your first aid kits kit. total fucking bullshit. All right. And I'll tell you why. If you take this knife and you stick it inside of a body, it's going to go all the way inside the body, right? So here's your skin and I'm going to stick this knife in here. I'm going to go this deep inside the body. So you have this much of the tip of the knife in the body, cutting up intestines, arteries, your stomach, whatever, right? So you have this little part that the knife went through. This is your skin. What do you think is going to happen if you just stitch up that skin and you don't correct everything else that that is inside of the body, you're right? Still, you're, you're still fucked. Your He's patient's going to die. Yeah. They're, if you shoot somebody in the chest, they might have a little tiny hole where the bullet went in but if you stitch over that hole they still have a hole in their heart so you know you have to think about why you have a suture kit and generally you don't need one but there's um there's a very limited circumstance in which you need to put sutures in somebody now if you have horses or, or big animals then you, you probably have sutured animals before because they walk up against split rail fences and and whatever but but with with human beings you have uh clean wounds which is uh, you slice something, like with a scalpel, and everything was clean. You have clean, contaminated wounds, which would be maybe uh, the doctor was taking your tonsils out, and then you coughed. And now you had where the tonsils were removed, and you coughed on those tonsils, and now the tonsils are, are contaminated, but it's a clean wound because it was in a sterile environment. And then you have what are called dirty wounds. And those are most of the wounds that we encounter out in the field. Those are the wounds that happen in an in a austere environment, where there's lots of filth, lots of germs, lots of the MRSA, C. diff, all kinds of bad stuff. And now these wounds haven't haven't been treated, and now they're in the beginning of the infection stage. And so when you have a wound like that, even if it's a laceration, you definitely don't want to stitch it up. Wounds follow a certain pattern, and here's a little fun thing for you. So the first 24 hours that you're wounded, your body is flooding these enzymes to the wound that basically kill shit. So they're like the garbage collectors and they go to the wound site and they're looking for these, these uh, invaders into the body and they're attacking and they're killing these invaders, kind of like your white blood cells, but a little bit different. Now, during that time, during that trauma period, if you can irrigate that wound and clean it out, if it's a clean cut, then you can close it. You can use sutures on it and you know, you're know you probably going to be okay. In between 24 hours and, and about 36 hours You're basically in this in this kind of like interstitial space where you don't want to close the wound, especially if you haven't treated it yet, because those little cleanup things are gone. And now your wound is in the inflammatory stage. So it's puffed up, it's angry, you know, it's trying to figure out what's going on. It's about to go into what's called the remodeling phase where your body starts to put like collagens in there and and try to start rebuilding the wound. So what will happen a lot of times the doctors will ask you when you were wounded. Because if it was like an hour ago in the kitchen, they know they can clean and irrigate it. There's no infection. It's a contaminated wound, but it's a clean wound. They can get the contamination out and you're going to be fine. If it's in that middle stage and that bacteria has had more than 24 hours to colonize, now you're in danger because if they just stitch over that, even if it's still a clean wound, that bacteria that you did not irrigate is going to colonize and then it's going to create an abscess. And then they're going to have to open up the stitches, and they're going to have to clean that pus out or whatever. Anyway,
0: yeah, and then you after that, in all the bad uh,
3: stuff, yeah, exactly. So you have what are called first, second, and third order of intention when you repair wounds. And the first order of intention is stitch a clean wound if you want. The second order of intention is you let the wound heal from the inside out. So you see people with big gnarly, like open scars. Those are wounds that were not closed properly but they were left open. And usually like when I see wounds, I'll leave them open because I want them to heal from the bottom up right. to push out or to be able to heal or granulate all the way up to the surface of the skin. So I might put sutures over them to close the wound, but I'm not going to stitch the wound up and close it off because I already know that it's, it's infected. There's a bacterial disaster going on in that wound. And if you close it, it's just going to turn into a contaminated abscess and that one's going to go septic and you know bad things are going to happen so the the suturing is something that people people want to know so i'm teaching it on the channel but there's a very very rare very limited use case for it and so i'm teaching it mainly to teach why we shouldn't do it okay <laughs> and, so and there's, just, there's my plug on suturing
0: just to remind people i put the link to troopers channel in the description and otherwise it's trooper channel on telegram
1: trooper underscore channel wasn't it
2: trooper underscore channel that's on telegram and i'm hoping you'll come back on the show and i was gonna say
1: yeah um if you had a final thought How would you put a pin on all this trooper? Because you have given us a plethora of knowledge.
0: It's a lot tonight.
1: How would you sum it up? What would be something you would want your viewers and your fans to know? Because we know y'all came for trooper.
3: (laughs) I always say have faith in God and your training. So that that leads to all things. But I wanted to close with this. My wife told me before the show. Brent, you have to watch out for cues. People are if you people are going uh huh uh huh uh huh that means you're talking too much right <laughs> if they're looking at their watch
0: no you're talking
3: so I was i so I get off on a tangent. And then I don't know, like 20 minutes went by and, and y'all are like sleeping and shit. And I'm like, Hey, wake up. No, no. So No, no. no. Well, but you, you got to understand we're used to Steve. Keep
1: me on track. Exactly. You,
3: you don't hold a candle
2: to Steve. You haven't reached As far as I can tell, you haven't reached Steve's level of, I dominate a conversation. Nobody else is going to talk unless I'm done.
3: <laughs> we were like, well like trained Steve by like Steve. invectives that he does on his, on his program. And we, we laugh at it. Cause that's a military invective where you're, 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 you're pushing an invective. You're controlling a situation and you bring people, you know, and you draw him back in, and, uh, and but it's like you see it, you see it, you see it. You see it like a big eruption. It's like, and then it's calm again. Like it's, it's <laughs>
1: just like tough. with your daughter. Y'all not gonna do Steve when he not here to defend himself. No, so no, don't do not do not speak on. Uh, hey, speak on I'm Steve. just
2: throwing a little bit back at him. You that don't, he throw, threw at bro, no me no when he said I was down no, in Arizona.
3: You
1: ain't throwing no shade at him either. So don't interrupt Trooper's final thought to try to throw some shade. <laughs>
3: my final thought is this remember you guys are more powerful than you think you are whoever's watching this whether you counsel people or you go to church or you educate children or you're a seamstress or you're a first responder or you're a program host and you're you're getting this thought out there on the internet or whatever it is whatever you do those are your skills and if you're interested in something you can learn new skills don't be overwhelmed because there's always going to be somebody who's really good at something that you don't know how to do or already knows how to do something that cost a million dollars and you're not going to spend a million dollars every time you're interested in something new. Right. So just focus on what, you know, learn what you can, but have faith in God and your country. And you know, our thing, our Patriot thing, mine is God, the constitution, my family, that's my box. I'm a constitutional libertarian. I don't give a shit if you're black. I don't give a shit if you're gay. I don't give a shit if you're homeless. I don't give a shit if you're addicted to drugs. I give a shit if you give a shit about being an American. And that's the box that all of us need to be in is we're in America for a reason. And when we were children and we were in school, they were celebrating the melting pot. They were celebrating. They didn't call it fucking diversity. This fucking bullshit. Everybody was in the same melting pot. We're all floating around in the same little tub (laughs) called America. We didn't have little isolation fucking bullshit. That they have now yep. so we need to get back to that we're americans we believe in each other and ourselves and our skills and i would say that have faith in god and your training so seek knowledge where you're weak but always make sure that you need to have a minimum of three of these five gallons <laughs> you know 15 <laughs> gallons of water per person a large pet in your home away from cat food cleaning supplies pharmaceuticals anything that could contaminate that water so have your 15 gallons of water get to know your neighbors. Talk to people, not through the internet, but talk to people that are in your neighborhood. And remember, there's more of us than there are them. There's about 2,500 fucking shitbags that are ruining the country right now, and they realize that they're outnumbered. Mm-hmm. And we have these uh, blacks for Trump that were you know, saying, this is bullshit the I other day. I saw those
2: guys. They were out there protesting the indictment. I saw yeah.
3: them. I, I extended them a thing on their channel. I said, Trooper Channel will provide free training to all your personnel. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> So, yeah, but so people see. are up and they're going. You know what? I never believed this is bullshit. Nobody ever believed any of this stuff. So people are starting to see through it. And even the even those left centrist Democrats are going. You know, we were we were all about the union and shit. We weren't about communism. Uh-huh. So well, talk to your Democrat neighbors. Uh, and well, you know, at least try to. True,
0: you're welcome anytime on the channel with us. Please come. We back. We are definitely going to bring you back whenever you say you can come
3: back. Please. I appreciate You guys have been very gracious to me. Thank you. Well, well buddy, thank you for joining. It was a pleasure
2: us. to meet you and your wife down in Arizona. I had a wonderful time. And, you know, we're going to come back down there.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, we are. This was
1: the first interview we did that I'm like, hey, we actually met him in person already. This is kind of cool. We met cool. this guy before we had
0: him on we the show. We actually <laughs> know him.
1: This is actually kind of cool. <laughs> thank you so much for coming, Trooper. And tell Brandy, I'll see her later.
3: Yeah, we'll it's be all in right. touch. Yeah. <laughs> she's uh she's not she's not in the public eye right so no <laughs> no, no
1: no i mean like when we come and kind of hang out and drink wine and do the stuff that we do oh yeah
3: we'll have to plan it like more you know organized absolutely absolutely. absolutely our honeymoon
1: was something we planned we just dropped in on y'all we will coordinate a little bit better next i thought time. it'd be cool you know yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> make a loop thank you so, so much trooper for up.
1: coming and There's just not sharing not everything
2: yes we'll see you guys thanks buddy bye All right, peace, <laughs> guys.
1: dude i got like three pages of notes and just shit i need to get like I'm oh my fucking god pads and just shit that i need to get like immediately
0: yeah oh i, I can't believe the information that we I just got you. in two hours he, of insanity and,
1: and dude is a walking encyclopedia yeah He's just
2: i know knowledge. what he means too because i was i wasn't really looking at the, my watch i was just making sure that uh People weren't commenting to see if we would have any comments or questions that people
0: would. No, yeah, exactly. I've been trying to watch the comments. I think people are overwhelmed with all this information. I know who was absurd.
2: overwhelmed. Scout
1: is definitely overwhelmed. Yeah, I he's going crazy. going on
2: with Scout? And then the cats, I do if y'all saw say me though, look back, Allie, the cats. I'm glad to see you on the show, Allie.
1: The, the cats were like scratching at the door well, there. They trying to get out. Kevin's pets, his grandchildren, are going crazy. Yes, they're going so. crazy. The cats are scratching at the door. Scout's Scout, barking upstairs. He's. he's he is so not wrapped this thing up. He's then. got issues. I know there was a few things I just well, it's not important. Just the whole Devin Archer shit and just the nah, same We'll
2: talk about that. Yeah, we'll we'll get talk to about that, that shit later. later.
1: All right, honey, give us a final thought.
2: final thought is uh we all need to get a little first aid kit, you know. And and if you don't know uh, if you don't know CPR, you should learn CPR. I I learned CPR years ago and I was just re taught CPR. Recertified? Recertified nice. CPR. Um, and also wounds and stuff like that because I do, I work in the, my line of work.
1: He know. works with EDS. They get hurt a lot.
2: People can get cut. And we had a guy uh, lose a toe last year. So, yeah, you should have had troopers first aid. So, and, and I think everybody should learn how to do first aid and how to how to do uh, cuts and tourniquets and how to put on tourniquets and, you know, and, and Chuber was right. The first thing is to remain calm. Mm.
1: Be hard for me to you do once I see blood.
2: Very, very crucial is that in a situation like that is to remain calm. Because if you freak out, everybody else is going to freak out. And what happens. All you freaking out and the person that needs help, is done dead because y'all are done that freaking out.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. Kevin, your final thought, my friend? Well, I just, I wanted
0: to, you know, reinforce, like we've been saying before on the show, you you look at what Trooper's doing. He's doing what he can do. He he has skills in this area, and he just went out and started doing it. I loved his message of you're, you're mightier than you think you are. Mm-hmm don't be afraid to go out and get involved and do what you can do or just go along with a group and see if there's something that you can add to that group of what they're doing that's what trooper did yeah. Yeah. he just he said okay i'm going to go and, and help these people where i can and he realized a need within that group jumped in filled the hole and like Steve said, he he really is doing God's yeah, work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell
2: yeah. He's an amazing person.
0: Uh, the, there is people truly, truly in need of, you know, wound care. These people don't have access to it because, like he said, they would go to a an urgent care or something and be ignored because the urgent care knows they don't have the money to pay for it, so they just ignore and wait them out. Well, he's he's trying to fill that gap. Which
2: nice. uh, imagine way to go, Troop. Yep. Uh, I,
0: that's, I really don't have a lot more to add to that. We are going to, you know, watch in the future. We're probably going to have Trooper's first aid kits available online, or we're going to be plugging their their sales yeah. outlet. So keep an eye out. If you want to get one of Trooper's kits, we'll let you know how to do that. And like I said, we're going to have Trooper back. We talked before the show, and he is, he is very interested in joining us. Uh, multiple times, and we we're gonna have Steve back soon again too. Yeah. And, oh yeah! And of course, we're gonna do our normal Friday night morning show yeah. with the news in yeah. the future. But we we wanted to get Trooper on here, and we've been waiting weeks to get him on. I'm I'm so glad we finally had him.
1: Honey, did you have something else to say? Because you like you got something to say.
2: <laughs> no, because I don't want to be ridiculed or oh, just spit it out. What what, <laughs> what
1: what was it
0: we? Was it last week he had five final thoughts?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, now he really ain't going to say it. Now you done, hurt oh, no, no, he done no, made no. him mad now.
2: No, I, I did, did want to talk a little bit about the news this week, but it's, it, you know. We'll just save
1: day. it because, like you yeah. said, we just going to save it. But it's just the usual bullshit. It's not even
2: really worth talking about. No, I, quite I, I have some interesting takes.
1: On well, that. you are on the hopium again, so I'm no, pretty I'm sure not. it's full of hope. stop! Stop! <laughs> Let's not
0: overwhelm the people. We've already been on. long. he tries to stop me from tickling, we have guests who came to see
1: Trooper. Please behave. You're done. You can say no more final thought. Okay, (laughs) it's time for my final thought. Thank you, Trooper, for coming. And thank you, everybody who came and stayed. We really, really appreciate you, whether it was your first time or you're a regular. We really appreciate you. We're not a sponsored show, no one pays us. We do this for fun, we do it to get the news out. So, um, Well, not news, but information, because obviously today with Trooper, that was just really good information that he shared with us. I have a quote that I want to share, and it's by Bob Moore. It says, my strength came from lifting myself up when I was knocked down. Again, my strength came from lifting myself up when I was knocked down. And it made me wonder, how can I tie that into what Trooper does and in my line of work, I'm a I'm a nail tech, so I do like a lot of pedicures, manicures, and stuff like that. And I talk to a lot of women, middle age, young, stuff like that. And everybody is at different levels, like people are going through different kinds of depression, separations, divorce, deaths, unfortunately, family squabbles. It's all kind of stuff. So if you're at this point in your life where you're kind of stressed out, you're kind of burnt out, maybe, you know, shitty job, shitty relationship, you're just looking for an outlet sometimes you will find release in focusing on somebody else. So say you're not the kind of person who has the stomach for like first aid, but you want to help, right? And you know, somebody is doing first aid. Maybe you can just go and pass them shit when they're helping people or just clean up after stuff is done. Maybe you're not the person to actually fix the wound, but you're just, you want to do something to take your mind off of it. You'll be surprised how good you can feel by helping somebody when you're in a, kind of a fucked up place. Cause it takes your mind off of what you're dealing with. And you're focusing on somebody who's probably dealing with some shit a little bit worse than you. Like you, you, you really don't know. So I picked that quote because it says you will get some strength from getting up when you've been knocked down. And sometimes you can find that strength and just focusing kind of outward. I think as a community, as a society, we've kind of gotten away from that. We're really more inward focused and everybody's in their own little bubble it's all about me. I'm priority number one. Get out of my way on the highway, cause I'm gonna ride your ass. And then when you get in the next lane, I'm gonna get in your in your lane again. I mean, it's just all about me, me, me. So we live in that society. So let's just kind of get back to if I'm having a shitty day, how can I focus on somebody else and maybe make their debater better? We appreciate you here at The Great Matters. And we hope you have a good weekend. Bye.
2: See ya later. See ya.